Okay, is this thing on? Hello, friends. Welcome to the R and R and R show. I'm Ruel. That's Everybody. Chris George. Chris, um, I mean, I can hear you. Let's see if the audience can hear you as well. Oh, I know the audience can hear me because I can't stop shouting at them. Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> hey there. It is on. Dr. Prof says thank you, Dr. It is Prof. on. Loud, loud and clear. clear. AG Fox, yes. Uh, Mr. Boom is asking, why isn't Chris in costume slash makeup? That's true. That's fair. I just put out a um, a playthrough on my channel where uh, we we all dressed up as the characters of the game. It was for this game, Murders at Tealwoods Manor. It's a fun, like, little... Um, they call it a reverse murder mystery. And okay. uh, and so you know who the killer is, you know who the investigator is, and if the killer's ever in a room with somebody and they're alone in a room with somebody, they'll kill them at the end of, like, an hour. There's six rounds, and you want people to be alive and dead at the end of the game. Like, those are your, like, secret goals. Yeah. So you're putting people face down and, like, shuffling things up. It's like, oh, did I put the murderer there? And, like, switching things around. Ew. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. But we did oh. a we did a um uh, we we did a we did a playthrough on on Ruben Board where we I, I dressed up in full like pasty white clown makeup because one of the characters <laughs> looks like he was the nice. psycho killer so I was the psycho killer and then my friend Zach was uh, the judge and then we had uh, Colin my friend Colin sub in last minute as uh, Colonel Mustard and he just kept pouring mustard all over himself. <laughs> Colonel Mustard, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he was in the conservatory then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you, friends. It says uh, Chris is a little low. I just gave him a boost on the volume. Hopefully that uh, covered up the solved the problem. Uh, B. Travis is saying, what is this? An R&R &R show without technical difficulties. But, you know, B. Travis, thank you. We're, we're, we just started. There, there's plenty of time for technical difficulties. Don't don't get it. Oh, we, like we, got, we got time. We got don't you worry be travis mm -hmm. we'll we'll make sure something happens <laughs> and if it doesn't uh we'll have your computer personally explode no no i would never I, wish that on somebody my computer no, never, never. was exploding but yeah. i finally oh my cat my cat is exploding in, in the oh no thing. just tried to get up on his little hammock he was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need a kitty cam uh over there on your on your yeah, side that's true yeah, uh, Linus Cabal's in the house. Coog's house one. Uh, we want to thank everyone for hanging out uh, with us today. Uh, we are going to be doing a really cool list. I, I think this is a really uh, interesting thing. Well, we're going to be looking at our top 15 disappointing games of 2021. So, Chris, I think That's you right. and Rado, uh, didn't you do a best of 2021 list? Is that right? Or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, yeah, I think we did. We, we did like best uh, Kickstarters or whatever. I don't know. We've, I feel like we've done a few lists. I like the last week we did top hidden gems of 2021. And okay, so we're balancing, right. we're balancing that this week, or yeah. I say last week, but last R and R and R and R show. Cause we had Kimberly on for that's her right. birthday. Yeah. Um, we, which you can check out on, on Rado's channel. All the playthroughs of that are there. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we did our, our top hidden gems. And so this one we're like, well, we, we want to give the balance to ones that potentially didn't hit, with us or or didn't hit as as much as we were hoping them to be and that's like exactly i mean i'll 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 say this when we start the recording of the episode too but that's like kind of my premise as well as things that like i wanted to be exceptional and potentially were just good some are yeah. some are truly bad but some yeah. were just good yeah i uh, for mine I, I approach it the same way i think yeah i think all of mine or at least the ones that made it on the on the list here are going to be the ones that I really wanted to hit, and they just totally fell flat for me for one reason or yeah. another. Um, I don't think I yeah. 
maybe on the on the rest of my list. Well, we'll we can share that during the uh, post show. But the rest of my list, I think there was a couple of just um, clunkers uh, for me as well. So, um, yeah. Linnaeus Cabal says Chris has a cat instantly cooler. I agree. Hey, uh, well, it's easy to get instantly cooler when you start at like baseline zero. Then, <laughs> then anything that's cool bumps you up, right? That that's how I try to try to live my life. I keep the expectations very low, bare minimum, and then when I do like anything that a normal human could do, I then get credit for it. So it's a very, it's a very uh, ingenious way to. to I, I love that. Life. The the secret of life, friends. Uh, set expectations super low or at the lowest they can get. That way, when you exceed them, it, you're always you know above the curve. Exactly. Uh, and then people are constantly showering you with praise, and you can get an a, an inflated ego for doing literally just the bare minimum because yeah. they really thought you were so incapable that, <laughs> that you couldn't achieve that. Uh, it's it's great. It's made it's made for a, a very charmed life. Um, nice. Lydia Scalosa also says mine was cryptid. Oh, I love cryptid. Oh. I absolutely love cryptid. Okay, but it was just too much to track. Yeah, um, I, I get I get that. Like uh, what at uh, Cryptids in my top 20 games of all time. Like, oh, I absolutely okay. love that game. Yeah. Uh, but but I like it at three players because then I feel real smart because I can track <laughs> things at four yeah. players. I'm like, OK, I I'm losing the thread of this. And then at five players. Well, I feel like how I should, <laughs> which is zero. <laughs> so Bare minimum. when you're playing Cryptid, are you taking notes like being a real good, you know, uh, note taker and everything? They played it at five. Yeah, you played it at five. Oh. That's why. At five, nice. five yeah. game over. Game yeah. over. There's no way. There's yeah. like, it's so hard to keep track of everything. At three, really manageable. Uh, mm-hmm. because because you can you can latch on to you only have to worry about two people, but even like with that extra person, it, it, mm-hmm. it gets quite complicated. When I was playing Cryptid, I I tried to take notes and I tried to print out sheets for people. Yeah. Like that I wanted to do like dry erase sheets that people could cross out. But I feel like you need one of those for each person because each person's clue is different. So each oh, person's yeah. like knowledge about the monster. So mm-hmm. if I'm crossing off, okay, it's not in a lake. Well, it's not in a lake for that person, but that person's clue could still be, yeah, it is in a lake. Right. So having to juggle those or, or columns or something is is how yeah. I know a lot of people uh, – who I played with wanted that as well. And I think that's why I like it at three because it kind of keeps it, keeps it in there. Keeps it manageable. Yeah. Have you, have you played the search for planet X, Chris? I haven't. I haven't. And I know, I I know I'm going to love it when I I feel like that would be your jam right there. I, I love it because uh, as a, for a deduction game, it does, it literally supplies you with a note taking sheet so you can take notes and you have different columns for different players. And that helps me immensely because yeah. I'm terrible at those games. But give me a, a good notepad. I, I can take some pretty decent notes. And I, I, I love that game. And yeah. for for me, not being a deduction fan, it, it really, excuse me, really ranked highly uh, that year. It was one of my games of the year, actually, back in, uh, I think, 2020. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard such good things about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd like it. Uh, I want to shout out my friend Coog's House. Uh, thank you, Coog's House, for that. Yes, I am a Laker fan. Go Lakers. They've got a big game tonight uh, starting <laughs> at Western Conference Finals. Um, Linnea nice. says, the key to happiness in one of the happiest places in the world, Denmark. Low expectations and enjoyment of the little things. Let's let's all be like Denmark today, folks. Enjoy the little things. I think I think that's true. I, I feel like... I don't know. I, I hope I hope this for humanity because I kind of see it 
in some of like popular films or or storytelling and 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 that thing i feel like we went through this sort of renaissance of everybody is the special one you know those mm-hmm. stories of like you're the special one you're emerging victorious and we had all of those stories about that and i feel like there's been a lot of stories within at least recent memory of like appreciating humanity and appreciating like the 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 large blanket that that can be humanity mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that's that that's really it's a it's I think it's a much more healthy mindset to to be in. I mean, like still like go for your goals and achieve your goals. I'm not I'm not saying that yeah. like that's I don't think every nobody should be should be settling. People should be striving for their happiness. But like I, I think just appreciating the little things that you have and appreciating those moments is is just such a lovely thing. And I and I feel like I've been seeing that a little bit more in just like the the the. The, the stratosphere of humanity, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I It may have something to do with that whole, like, pandemic thing, too, you know? It really... You know what? It, I think you're of... right. <laughs> I think that's probably it. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you, See, when you this have is why I'm disease, down here yeah. and Ruel's up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have some disease just going, spreading throughout the world without any, you know, stopping, it, it definitely forces you to look at things from a new perspective. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of it, but... Um, I don't know, at least for me, I know just, you know, comparing myself to when I was a much younger man, you know, you do, you get older, yeah. you tend to like, you know, sort of, you know, things that you took for granted back in the day, you've started like, you know what, I can sort of see the bigger picture now and, you know, accept or, you know, appreciate the, the things that the, the smaller things in life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to just like, remember have, having that reminder to like, it's okay, chill, like yep. appreciate um, yeah. One of my friends told me this thing, and she was like, "Hey, I do this thing when I'm when I'm getting stressed or or just to find perspective. Is like imagine that your life begins, and then you have ten seconds, and your life ends, and Whoa. like that is that is your life, like that's Whoa. your life. Those ten seconds, and so just like shrinking it down to that that scope of what am I doing in these ten seconds? It's it's just like the lights of the room. How you have to find something." In those yeah. 10 seconds, you have to find some sort of sort of meaning or 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 whatever, because like if it's start, stop, if it's just a beautiful sunny day, right? Like you're out for a walk, like you just take that 10 second chunk and go like, okay, my life begins. Like I find when I, if, if I do that as like a mental exercise, I I just it's like my pupils dilate. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'm like, yeah. Oh shoot. I really need to take in the world because I only have 10 seconds. What is yeah. going on? Wow. So I, I, I like that. as like kind of, kind of like a reminder, you know? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's really intriguing. I, I'm wow. What 10 seconds and that's it. Oh my gosh. That's, that's crazy. That's it. Um, that's it folks. Uh, we're going to get into more deep philosophical discussions as the uh, hour goes on, but we're also going to be talking about a lot of board games as well. So uh, thank you for yeah. joining us. What we do uh, every other Tuesday or so here on the r and r Show, uh, Chris and I get together, talk games, and we have Richard join us via the magic of video. So uh, all three of us have um, a compiled list of top t- uh, 15 disappointing games from 2021. We'll be recording this live here on Twitch for YouTube. That'll come out tomorrow or the next day. Uh, in the meantime, hang out, chill with us, talk about the games that were that have uh, disappointed you. Um, also, you know, hang out with us and chill. We've got plenty to do here. Um, you can spend the Rotto channel points um, for to redeem certain things, whether it's trivia or Ruel ranks or whatnot. And also, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get one free subscription to any Twitch channel of your choice. 
We'd love it if you use That's it true. here because you get free, lots of free goodies. Uh, and check the show notes below for that. Uh, whether it's uh, you get stuff from uh, discounts on Rado merchandise, uh, you can get all kinds of goodies, the stream avatars and whatnot. As you can see, they're running around there and they'll be duking it out during the battle royale as well. Um, <laughs> I want to say, uh, let's see, who's in a, a Jay Zenner? Was talking about disappointing games for them. Concordia would be their pick. Yep. I hyped myself up Great so pick. much, and I was finally able to get it. I just did not enjoy it. Wow, that's interesting. I had I'm heard right all there. the hype. I'm right there. Are, are you right there with them, Chris? Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I maybe I set my expect. Well, I had heard the hype, but then I saw the box cover, and the box cover immediately lowered my expectations. <laughs> that's so when I actually played that's it, that's what put you. Yeah, <laughs> right plane. <laughs> and then I enjoyed it though, but I, I can see how it's not everyone's it's jam. It, it's definitely that dry Euro, you know, pushing cubes type of uh, game. But I like it. I, I think it was great. Yeah, I, I'm. I was Concordia. My friend, who's who I refer to as like my board game soulmate. We have the same tastes and generally everything. He was like, "Hey." I think you're going to really like this game. I've been really enjoying playing Concordia. Like, let's play it together. I was like, okay, awesome. Played it. Really just didn't like it at all. I've played it again since then, and I had the same experience. Wow. Uh, wow. It, 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 I was looking up. I was just looking up the date while you were talking about. Uh, I was like, ooh, are uh, we getting to that year maybe? Can yeah, I talk yeah. about Concordia? Because I guarantee <laughs> you it was 2013. If we get to a 2013 disappointments or like, overhyped or whatever or what shouldn't be on board game geeks top top 100 like concordia is my number one there's a spoiler there's a spoiler for you like that is my number one yeah like it's i i know so so many people like it and i understand and my main issue the main problem with it for me is that it's so tied into the cards i feel like i might have said this on this channel before we might have we might have talked about this before or not i'm not sure but uh, it's just so tied into the cards that it feels like the cards purchasing that aspect of the game grossly dwarfs the board stuff. And I love everything that's going on in the board. I love moving around the board. Yep. I love putting down my little my little new settlements. I love trying to optimize my routes. There's so much on the board that I find really exciting. And mm. then people just gobble up all the cards and, and the game's over, right? Yeah. It, it's... It, it feels like there's such a disconnect between the amount of points that like, well, it's all, it's all the cards. The cards just give you points. You're like, okay, I don't know how well I'm doing, but I've got a whole bunch of cards here that give yeah. you points. Yeah. And, and then at the end you're like, okay, I guess let's see who gobbled up the most cards. And, and I feel like your ability to maneuver around the board almost doesn't matter to a certain extent. And it just yeah. matters how quickly you're able to scoop up those cards. I feel a little bit similarly to in stone age, that you're just trying to scoop up those cards because it's through the <laughs> yeah. cards that you get all the all the points. Like, I I always just ignore the houses at a certain yeah. point. Like in Same. Stone Age, I'm yeah. like, you don't need to build that stuff. You just go for the cards and yeah. you go for like resources. So I'm I'm 100 with you. It, it's like wow. it didn't it didn't hit with me. I I didn't even make the connection between Stone Age and Concordia. Now I think Stone Age is a little more. Yeah, because I always go for all those tech cards in Stone Age. That's all I do. Yeah, you know, get all yeah. those bonuses and try to get bonuses for your workers and whatnot. But Concordia, yeah. man, now that I think more about life, I'm thinking about my plays. And I, I know that, you know, you really have to pay attention to those cards and seeing, you know, what's out there. Yeah. And trying to get those to synergize and get those endgame points. But 
Oh, man, you may be talking me into this, Chris, because now I'm thinking about how I moved on the board. board. Oh, <laughs> man, because I, I do like the game. Now, Cook's House is asking, uh, what about Concordia Solo? Because that takes the game to a different level. I have not played it solo, but I have heard a lot I've of things. I've never played it either, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering how that changes the game, but because, you know, the movement and stuff's got to change uh, in solo. Um, so, I don't know, that's a good point. But, man, I really, I don't know. You, you may, uh, we, we're going to have to do this list. I think it would be a good list. Like, what <laughs> games should not be in the top 100 on BGG? And obviously, you've you've gone Concordian. I may have to, you may, you may bring me around. I, I'm, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> well, I know, like, I know tons of people like it. I know I'm in the, the severe minority, but I just like, I really yeah. resonate with, uh, with that, with that pick for sure. Yeah. I uh, want to thank all the new followers. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the Rotten Run Through channel. I'm Ruel Gaviola. That is my buddy Chris George. We do the R&R and R show uh, every couple of weeks here on the uh, channel. And what we do is record a top 15 list for you live. Uh, and, you know, this is the pre-show. We're just hanging out with y'all and uh, talking yeah. games as we do. It's uh, the best part, really. We just get to chat with you all. Like, get to hang out. Yeah, I, I tune out. I tune out for the next part. It's just uh, just <laughs> us. Nah, but we this got the one. chat here. We can talk <laughs> to the chat. It's the best part. This is the best part. Uh, Linnaeus says, Everdell was also a disappointment for me. It was so cute and I liked the mechanism, but it just ended up feeling lackluster and too lucky with what cards came out. I really wish I liked it. It was so cute. Played it four times and sold it. I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, that's probably going to be mine right there, Chris. Um, I, yeah, I have almost wow. the exact ex same experience as Linnaeus. I wanted to like it so much more than I, than I did. It was, it's super cute. It's, it's a good game, but I just, yeah, I ended up selling my copy after, you know, maybe like eight, six or six plays or so, I think. Yeah, half a dozen plays. It was gone. And again, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Wow, really? I love Everdell. Yeah, I just put out my top top twenty games of all time. It was the first time I ever did it on my channel. Everdell's number oh, three. No I way! Really? Love Everdell. Yeah, I love it so much. Wow. Linus, maybe maybe we're just we're just um, antithesis to each yes. other. That's great. Yes. Anything I like, you can avoid. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I have. I, I got to be fair about though. I have not played with uh, the expansions and. Are the expand do the expansions really open up that game or are you are you just talking about base? I haven't really either. I'm okay. just talking about base Everdell. I mean, I have wow, I nice. have the collector's edition, which adds uh, in like a couple like mini expansions, just a yeah. couple extra cards, but nothing too nothing too severe. I've heard um, like Spirecrest and New Leaf are really good. Mm. Uh, I heard Pearl Brook's the worst one. That's what I that, heard. That's about what the I heard. Expansions too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. But I've heard that all the other ones kind of have like their place. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, like for me, I love I love base Everdell. I could play it a, a whole bunch of times. I think because it kind of scratches a similar itch to Seasons. Have you played Seasons? I have no? not played Seasons. No. Mm -hmm. it, it's on it's on Board Game Arena. It's uh oh they just changed the implementation of it though. They changed the graphics and it honestly oh. made me never want to play it on there ever again. Um, <laughs> and I've played literally thousands of games of it on Board Game Arena. It's uh it's it's just like. It, it, it's the same uh, idea of managing that tableau, that 15-card tableau, I find is interesting because it okay, feels yeah. so big at the beginning. And you're like, I'm never going to fill this with 15 cards. And then at the end, you're like, oh, man, I wish I had 20 spaces. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I love that aspect of it, of of knowing you're you're going towards that that uh, way, you know? Yeah. That you're, yeah. you're going to run out of room and you have to optimize. I just, yeah, I, I love the flow of it. I, I love... 
chaining cards together and how those cards do steamroll into each other. I just think yeah. it's so much fun. Now, I did like that part. I do like the part of uh, chaining the cards together, but, oh, man, I don't know. Ultimately, I just... It's been a while since I've played it, but I do remember, like, wanting to like it more. I mean, it's not like I hated the game, but, you know, there's a certain point where, you know, we have limited space, and, you know, you got to get rid of games at a certain point, so it's like, this one just didn't make the cut. I mean, it's not like I didn't like, yeah. love it. Yeah, I mean, I just no, didn't no, love that's, it, so, that's, yeah. That's legit. Honestly, like, if you don't love it, I think it should go get off your shelf, really, at this yeah, point. absolutely. You know, th- there are so many games out there that, like, uh, that are that are great. There are too many games that are great to hang on to the ones that are just okay for you. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and I know that, like, I, for I me... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for me, something that's not great for me doesn't mean it's not great for someone else, right? So, you know, I know when I sold my copy of Everdell, the person who bought it was extremely happy. And, you know, I gave him a great deal on yeah. everything. So I was, I was happy that, hey, it's off my shelf. It's being played by someone that loves the game. So... It may have disappointed me, but it doesn't mean it's disappointed you, friends. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah, Linnea comments, says, comments. I think we'll stick to talking about about cats, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Our taste in games seems to differ. Yeah, it seems like it. There you go. Cats is I, always I know thing. that by you hating me, hating those games, you hate me personally. And, and honestly, <laughs> you should. I, I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve uh, it. I deserve it. Emil's coming up with, wow, they're bringing some words here. Everdell's not all strategy. You need to adapt and make the most of your hand and the cards that show up. But it's not all luck. I've won basically every game against my BF that is around 60 games. Love, oh, okay, so they love base uh, Everdell. Interesting. Yeah, base Everdell's great. Okay, cool. Wow, 60 times. Maybe maybe I just need to play it more, um, and, and I'll come around on that. I don't know. Uh, folks, continue letting us know what games disappoint you. We'd love to hear it. Um and uh, Linnaeus also sold their copy because he wanted someone else to enjoy it way more than I was. There you go. Yep. That's the thing. Um, yeah. Thank you again for the follow. A murder doll. Appreciate you. Uh, Meeples and Mockdale says a few recent ones would be Eternal Palace and Honeybuzz for me. Honeybuzz intrigued them with the drafting tiles, but it's really a game that has a huge runaway leader problem. Interesting. Mm. I have not I haven't heard about those. those. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, Honeybuzz has intrigued me for a long time, but I've never been able to copy because they're always sold out, you know, so... Yeah, some people, yeah, someone's yeah. enjoying that game, you know. But I haven't heard about the runaway runaway leader problem. Um, hey, Chris, what else is new, my friend? Let, let's you know, just off the top of board games. I I forgot about the schedule thing, but I thought you were going to be actually out and about doing uh, you know Shakespearean things at this point. But I just realized that's not until a little later in the year or the summer. Not right? until a little later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm leaving to go to Nova Scotia on the 31st of May, but my contract doesn't start until the 13th. And I think oh, okay. we were we were talking about about maybe moving these to a Monday because that's my off day, so that's I can right. still hang out yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. and folks, so we, yeah, we will let you know, folks. Uh, be sure to join the Rado's Guild, or you know, message. Uh, you can message me on Twitter, or you know, uh, DM uh, Rado here as well, or Whisper as they call it on Twitch, and uh, we'll let you know yeah. as far as the schedule is concerned. But uh, the plan right now is just we're moving forward. Always Tuesday, twelve p.m. But we may be changing things up once Chris uh, goes to uh, Nova Scotia for. The Shakespearean, yeah. uh, is it a Shakespeare in the Park type festival? Is that what it is? I forget. Yeah, that's that's basically, it's it's exactly that. It's called okay. Shakespeare by the Sea, but we're in a park that is by the sea. So nice. Shakespeare in the Park by the Sea, uh, if you want to be technical. <laughs> um. Um, <laughs> we don't have anything like that in LA. Ours is just uh, Shakespeare in the Park. I mean, we could go to the sea, but I don't yeah. think there's any uh, Shakespearean. You could go to the sea. Yeah. 
on the you same day. This, you're right on the sea. Yeah. Do it on the do it on the beach, right? Like yeah. that would be an awesome backdrop. It, it would be. I always or, think about like like outdoor theater, right? You want the the wherever you do it, that is the set, right? So having yeah. these like this expansive ocean. Well, then you got to do the Tempest or something like that. I, I was just going right. to ask. So, that's are like, you doing something yeah. that's related to something like the Tempest? Uh, are you going to be doing that or no? Nah, we're doing Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, nice. <laughs> and then we're doing oh. Pinocchio. You know, Shakespeare's famous Pinocchio, the family show <laughs> musical. <laughs> yeah, nice. a little known so... fact that Shakespeare uh, <laughs> Shakespeare wrote Pinocchio. Yeah, that was in his uh, his later years, I believe. Um, yeah folks don't listen to us well it's actually it's it's a double show it's 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 uh, the full show is called romeo and juliet and pinocchio but you know we we're cutting it in half because it's such a long show so we're gonna do the romeo and juliet part first and then we'll do the pinocchio part second we have to come back on a different night for that one love it gotta get that double feature in friends uh yeah so yeah exactly that's exciting. Uh, now, uh, Chris, do you do something like that every year where you uh, travel and uh, do Shakespeare or is this a first time thing for you? Uh, yeah, well, like I'm I'm my my main profession is is just being an actor. Right. So mm-hmm. I go wherever the work is. So nice. in the pandemic, I didn't have any work. So I went home and played board games and video games. But now that uh, things are opening <laughs> up. Uh, so like last summer I went to, there's, there's a lot of summer theater, right? Summer, summer's yep. a good time for theater. So generally in the summer, I'll, I'll, I t- I'll tend to book something and I'll go somewhere to, to do one of those, whether it's in the park or it's in just like a, a regional local theater. Um, la- last s- summer I went to like a small town in Ontario to do a show for some weeks. And then Christmas time I was, you know, outside of Ottawa doing a show of, uh, of a Christmas carol. So it's all just... It's the it's the vagabond traveling lifestyle. You awesome. just go where the where the theaters are, and you do the show, and then you come back. But it's it's nice. It's nice to it's nice. It's 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 always fun to 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 go on tour, and it gives me a whole new cast of people to sink some board game fever onto. I'm, I'm, I'm already planning yes. what games I got to bring. <laughs> I was just uh, going to say you're going to get those claws in there, and you know get them, you know get the board game in them. You know I. With my all of my acting friends, I feel like there's a natural tendency to play D and D or uh, RPGs or something that just seems yeah. to go hand in hand with actors. And you know, a lot of my actor friends not only RPGs, but then eventually they also get into board games as well. Um, so, do you have a lot of that? Um, you know, if past, obviously in the future you're looking to get more gamers, but in the past, uh, do you have gaming friends now that were uh, colleagues or actors um, that you worked with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like a lot of people from just just my university days too. Like mm-hmm. all going, I went to like a little conservatory program for acting, and so uh, in Windsor, Ontario, they had a good mainly a lot of focus on Shakespeare there. And so mm-hmm. uh, one one guy who's moved to was a couple of years below me in school. His name's Zach. He's also frequent. He's probably the most frequent one of my friends on like the channel. He's uh we kind of like bonded when he moved to close to me and we're like hey you, you want to have like a little board game night like those that's the sorts of you know relationships that developed over over playing games and now he's like one of my closest friends wow, um, nice. and and he's he's a big D guy he's he's like he comes from a D background he's mm-hmm. such a good dm he's so yeah. good like any campaigns that i've played either one shots or like full on campaigns i've mm-hmm. he's run them 
And like he gave us, we got a group together and he's like, okay, uh, what sort of style are you looking to be? Would you like to be anthropomorphic mice fighting off <laughs> a weasel war? Would you yeah. like to be set in space in the far reaches of the planet? Would you like to be in a dungeon? Would you like a standard sort of thing? It gave us all these options. We're like, um, can we choose all of them? Like they all sound <laughs> amazing. Um, oh, nice. he's got, he just has so many systems in his head. Uh, I'm getting him to do like a, a monthly like videos video series on on my channel too of oh, cool. of RPGs we 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 he calls it the rule book club uh which i thought was was kind of well, clever like uh, and that. just like goes through and talks about like the types of conversations that you can have through these sorts of games and i think that's that's a really interesting part about role playing games is that it provides these sorts of conversations right like there's mm -hmm. it, there's such a an element it's all based it's all conversation right it's it's so yeah so what sorts of conversations are you going to have and, and how do you get to play and make believe and imagine i think that is like circling back around why so many actors do gravitate towards D D is because it's just like a safe space to use your imagination and yep. and play and and have fun and that's ultimately um a, a huge tool in your like actor's tool belt or whatever is Agreed. That, that yeah. sense of play yeah yeah like, like you said i mean just to go along with what you said i mean totally agree and it's just that you know at its heart rpgs and you know it, it's storytelling right and you know to have those tools to yeah. tell yeah. a story right and cooperatively i think it's so neat and yeah um i know the best you know one shots and campaigns that i've been in and i just recently got back into rpgs uh, right around the pandemic cool and the best ones i had were you know the people the gms or dms who are running it were all or all actors and i just made me really appreciate the skill the talent that it takes to run like a really neat uh, campaign like that so or one shot so shout yeah, out to I, all I the mean, actors yeah, I think out <laughs> shout out to all the dms really like yeah, you don't yeah. have to be an actor to be a good a good dm you just True. like need to be aware of the story right like i I talked to zach about like how he he runs his campaigns he's like uh -huh. well you know i have to be prepared for the options so he knows in a session when he's crafting it, he knows kind of the characters that you might run into and he knows the main choices that you're going to be faced with right and Ooh. so He's like, okay, you, well, you'll probably do this or you might go down this pathway or you might go down this pathway. And so like having a story and knowing the world that that is built in these like books that that help you as a GM, right? And, and just preparing and knowing those sorts of things uh, mm -hmm. is is so impressive to me. It's that it's there's so much preparation that, yeah. that goes into it. And that's that's why sometimes people will like hire GMs online. I know Zach was doing that for a little bit. He, and then he stopped because he's like, you know what? No, I like this as a hobby. We don't always have to like make all of our hobbies like m money earners, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, like, I yeah. Like you this. That's right. You don't have to I monetize just like doing everything. This with my friends, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that word right there. You're talking about preparation, right? I think that's key for yeah. you know. It's like uh, those of us who are board gamers, you know, you want to read the rule book and you want to watch the router runs through and you want to check out BGG for any rules, uh, you know, 100%. questions. And then that's, yeah, it makes yep. the experience so much better for your fellow players. So likewise um, in, in GMs. But anyways, folks, yeah, we don't exactly normally play, talk yeah. about uh, RPGs that much here on the Rattle Rustry channel. So this is great. Yeah. I really appreciate Chris taking the time to uh, to share. Um, a couple of comments, then we're going to start the show. Uh, Tempest was talking about a game that disappointed them. Tainted Grail fell flat for me. 
I love the idea of the theme yeah. and was enjoying the general story, but it felt like such a grind. And parts of it ended up being darker than I realized it would be. Um, I had a, a similar experience. Now, I didn't play two. I, I played, I think, two games overall of Tainted Grail. And even in those two games, I, I mean, it felt like a grind to me. And it wasn't my game. It was a buddy of mine brought it to game night and you know they were all hyped about it and i think they continue on but after two games i was like yeah you yeah. know it's cool it's just not for me but yeah 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 i i have tainted grail on my shelf and it's something that i that i got because my, my girlfriend was into king arthur and i was like Ooh. hey hey you're interested yeah and we 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 just we had we had conflicting ways of how we wanted to have fun with that game I think mm -hmm. like I, I really like the combat system in that game with the cards, I think chaining those together. And she yeah. really liked uh, running into darkness, uh, just flailing, screaming <laughs> <laughs> with the narrative text. Uh, and I'm like, Renee, stop going into those dark holes. Monsters are going to jump out at us. She's like, well, you like the fighting aspect. I'm like, okay, touche, touche. Um, <laughs> nice. But but yeah, I, I, it it didn't grab me as much. I know somebody uh, a little further up, Meeples and Mocktails, was saying, "Oh no, uh, a murder doll was saying Etherfields was my biggest disappointment. Fell in love oh, with the okay. idea of visiting dreams, but could not get into it at all. It f feel like both of those are similar, but Etherfields, I think, hit a bit more with me, and I, mm -hmm. I I'm more excited to get back to it than I am personally with Tainted Grail. Got it. But okay. uh, um, quick uh, comment yeah. here from. Norbex, thank you for joining us. Is, is Richard going to be live or he's not joined? No, he will be joining us through the magic of video, uh, Norb. When we start recording the the um, episode, which will be in a few minutes here, uh, he's pre-recorded some videos, and then you know Chris and I will be responding uh, to those as well. So he's going to be joining us, just not live, but through videos. We've got plenty of those there. Um, yep. Olvanskol says, my son is a semi-pro DM, and yes, he is a trained actor out of NYU. Very nice. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to other disappointments, we have Kook House who says Brazil Imperial was my disappointment, but it wasn't ooh. surprising because it gave me a scythe feel, and I'm not a fan of that one either. I haven't played Brazil Imperial, but oh, I uh, I I I I oscillate with scythe sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I love scythe, it's the best, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, I, it, it really goes back and forth for me. You know, it's interesting. I yeah, I loved scythe when it came out, and we played it a bunch. And then I felt like my, you know, I guess it's just that whole, you know, new new gamer thing. It's like, hey, this is brand new, shiny, exciting. Then after as the years gone by, I mean, it's still a really solid game, but I don't get as excited about it as much anymore. I'm, yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I still want to play the, uh, go through the campaign for that. The, um, but I haven't done that yet. Me too. So my my neighbor just just got a got it in a in a trade or something, and I was like, yes, Ooh, sign me nice. up. I'm in. I'm yeah. excited to do that with you. I've heard it's fantastic. So very nice. I think that'll hopefully that'll that'll pump up my enthusiasm for it. Yeah. Roland Rate joins us and says, uh, Galaxy Trucker disappointed me. But I think the main issue was not knowing what all the icons meant. Uh it really lost the impact when you flip over a card and have to read back through the rules to see exactly what happens. That's that's such that. a huge problem. Yeah. I think Galaxy Trucker is so much fun, but yeah, it's it's rough. To, it's not like an easy learn. I mean, yeah, you have a ton of icons, you gotta so, and it's like, you know, you're in real time doing stuff. And it's like, well, yeah. So that's something uh, that, that's definitely true about Galaxy Trucker is not an easy learn. Uh, not not always the first best first impression, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't uh, played Galaxy Trucker, but I always want to play that giant version that they <laughs> yeah. bring to conventions. Yes. I, like, 
I think the concept is so funny, and I think just running around grabbing pieces that yeah. the, the life-size version feels <laughs> like it would be a freaking blast. Oh, totally. Uh, Prince uh, Peter, thank you for hanging out. Galaxy Truck is fun as an app. Yeah, I, can, uh, that's, I think that's probably a good way to learn it. Um, it is fun on the app, but when you do have that real-life experience, like the, the analog, there's something to be said for grabbing all that stuff in front of you. Um, you know, I love all large board games like that, Chris. I like all For me, that's yeah. like always a highlight of going to a convention because you know they're going to have those oversized yeah. games. I think it's so neat, you know, stuff like the big yeah. Azul or the big, you know, Takinoko with the big panda and stuff. Uh, I love oh that. yeah 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 it doesn't matter what game you're playing if you get to if you get to play it on a friggin' giant board and move pieces around yep. you're like haha you just feel you just, it's just fun it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter what you're playing <laughs> agree that's wizards tekinoko <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh, it is you know it reminds me at gen con every year at one I, I forgot where it was in the hall but they always have people that they play robo rally but they use actual remote oh. control cars. It's the best thing in the world. Like everyone has a remote and yeah. the cars. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I, I of always, of course it's the best that. thing in the world. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, Ro- and, and, Robo yeah. rally for me is like, eh, but for that, well, sign me up. I'll play oh yeah. All day. Yeah, totally. I'm like, I don't yeah. need to play Robo rally, but the fact that they all have these remote control cars on, I mean, it's played on the floor of the convention hall. Oh, it's yeah. so cool to see. And, I I always want to like play, but I never like I haven't played it yet with them. But I'm, maybe I'll put my name in this year. I've got to try it at least once. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, by the way, Norm says, are you guys going to be at Gen Con this year? I am. I am finalizing my plans to get out there. Um. I've, I have this really great opportunity with um a publisher who's going to be bringing me out. Um. I will. I won't be. I can't announce it yet. But we're we're still figuring things out. But I am going to be at Gen Con this year. I'm super excited. Uh, Chris, will you be cool, there? Nice. No, I can't yeah. just because of my contract. I'll be. I'll oh, be, that's right. I'll be doing theater in the park, and I'll be yeah. jealous of everybody at Gen. I just miss Origins too. Oh which no, is a, a oh. real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know some like some people who are going down who who live in Toronto. So I could have bunked with them, but it, it just wasn't to be. Yeah. Well, not this year. Not, not this, this year. year, but you will be at the World Series of Board Gaming this year. So I will be at the World yeah. Series of Board Gaming this year. And so and will you, Ruel. I will be there too. You I'm looking come, forward could, to it. You could come hang out with both of us there for sure. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yes. So that's, uh, really let me get this right. World Series of Board Gaming, end of September in Vegas. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. So, yep. September 24th to 28th. Yeah. uh It's, yeah, it, it's, it's great. I, I went down just recently for a really quick trip to like do a site site visit make sure everything was kind of like figure figure out floor plan stuff um oh, yeah so we, you were just we there recently in a few more events yeah yeah just like really briefly it was like oh. a one one day Did, it felt like yeah sorry I, I, yeah yeah it, it felt like it felt like it, it was so quick but it yeah. was definitely necessary to, to physically walk through and make sure that like setups would work Okay. That was the important thing, right? Because we're just changing a few things, and we're good because we're making making sure it's going to be bigger this year. We're going to have more events, yep. um, like like fun live events. We got some comedy shows. We got some trivia shows planning. We got Danny Standring, who's awesome. on TikTok. If uh, if you guys know her, she's she's like our events uh, coordinator. We've we got her to like plan out some like outer ring fun events that she's just mm-hmm. going to be running and and setting up. And so oh, just cool. to make it make it bigger, right? Like make make sure there's always something to do. Uh, both like in Vegas and then and then in the board game convention itself. So treating wow. it like it like an event, right? Yeah. Rather than just kind of like a standard convention, something 
that's that is is a little bit different which you might want you might you might not but uh yeah i think having having there's gonna be lots of fun stuff and i'm yeah. figuring out how to put up like projectors so people can see like scoreboards of people where they're where they are in the tournament how they're moving forward that sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna that's be cool, cool. it's gonna be it's gonna, <laughs> gonna be cool yeah i didn't know you're gonna do all the events and stuff that's great that's so yeah. cool yeah yeah so my question I was going to ask you was, did you go to Tacos yeah. Bordo? You know I did. You know absolutely <laughs> I did. I was yeah. there for maybe 48 hours, and I almost went twice. <laughs> I almost went twice. Yeah, walked up there to the one that was close. It was like a 30-minute yes. walk, 35-minute yeah. walk I love well, it. From, from the horseshoe. Oh, 100%. I was like, maybe I go, maybe I go tomorrow. I uh, didn't get there twice, which, you, you know, but I had seven tacos the first time I went, so it was uh... <laughs> seven tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made sure to get my money's worth. Amazing. I was like, I gotta. I I, w- I was rolling myself home. I'll tell you that. But if you're in the uh, Las Vegas area, or 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 LA area, they've got a few. But yeah. uh, go go yeah. check it out, folks. Tacos El Gordo, the best tacos yeah. on on. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's really good. Yeah, really really good. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Um, we have a first time chat. Like, Thank this you. Is the only thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chisa, thanks for the, the comment. Was it with theater people more? He was a professional actor here as well. We were just talking about that, yeah. Roshko, um, I'm, I'm yeah. sad too. I'm sad I can't be at Origins too, yeah. Oh, yeah, but just come to Vegas, that's the solution. I'm gonna be there. There it is, friends. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas, uh, end of the year. Um, one more comment here from Meeples and Mocktails. Wait, I forgot about on tour. I was quite the disappointment myself. But on positive, I didn't have to pay for it since I could download the app on International Board. Oh, okay. I actually I like on tour. Um, the roll and write game. Um, I'll I'll be honest. Like when I first played, it, I wasn't really into it. But the more I played it, the more I appreciated it. Um, it's quick. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, and it's easy to play and gives you a nice puzzle. And unlike other roll and writes, that nowadays they always give you ways to mitigate the dice. Right. I was like, oh, I can do this. Like. No, on tour says these are the you rolled this, you gotta deal with it. I, I <laughs> like that. Numbers, yeah. yeah. It's like there's just no way around it. You're you're gonna get hosed at some point in that game. But um yeah, that's yeah, I, I like on tour for that. I I like on tour. It's not something I would ever purchase though, personally. I wouldn't add it into my collection. Yeah. It's it's just like it it was it was fine. It was in that sort of fine category. If somebody wanted to play it, I wouldn't spit in their face and push them down the stairs. But um <laughs> You know, on tour, I was just no. like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> on tour, bad. Yeah. Wait, where's a where's a flight of stairs? You get get over here. Say that to me again. <laughs> oh, Chris George, ladies and gentlemen, as we call him the nicest guy in board games. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Really, really making a case for us Canadians, you know. Yeah. <laughs> really showing our showing our true colors right the now. The true colors are out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Um, so as you know, folks, I had COVID, uh, last month and I've still got the cough and it, as you, I don't know, I've had, I've had to mute myself a couple times. It's come, um, it's been bothering me today. So what I'm going to do, uh, Chris, if you don't mind hanging out for just a minute, I'm going to go run and get some cough drops, uh, from the other room. I should have had some cough a, drops on hand, but I'll be right back folks. Well, I'm going to vamp. Now that Ruel's away, we can say horrible things about him, and he'll never know until he watches the replay. What should we say? No, I'm just kidding. I I love Ruel a lot. I would never say it to his face, but I think he's a very nice, lovely person. 
I like the Lakers suck. Yeah, yeah. Let's get them. Um, there was one that, that a comment that that we didn't we didn't hit by uh, Emily four four five five said I didn't enjoy Woodcraft at all. Loved all the other Suchi games. That's that's interesting because Woodcraft was kind of like really high. I mean, it's high in the complexity level. I was. It's one that I was really interested in trying out. But now I, I don't even have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it whatsoever at all. Uh, <laughs> um. Was there anybody else who's played Woodcraft in the comments? I'm curious because that was one that I was interested in, but I also heard it was like complexity for complexity's sake in a in a few of the the areas. It was like, okay, we're just putting these in so that we have we have an, an extra way to combo something is kind of the what I heard about it. We're talking about Woodcraft, uh, Ruel, if you've oh, got yeah. your headphones on now. I don't know. Yeah, somebody so uh, Emily said that they didn't enjoy Woodcraft. Mm-hmm. I've never played it, but I, I, I was interested in it because of its high complexity level. That's uh, it's. I heard it's heavier than what than what is mentioned. Yeah, it, it's definitely heavier. It's like it's like a four point four on PGG, and that is heavy when you get like your rating to be around that yeah. average of complexity. That's people who are like, man, this is really this is dense, and that's what like yeah. excited me about it. But it also. I, I think there there could be the potential of 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 bloat there, and so it's tough with with BGG if like people who are rating it because because people who love complexity love to rate things too, right? So if it's it's uh, it's it's tough getting a Ooh. sense of it. I I feel. Yeah, I haven't played but, Woodcraft. Uh, um, I, I'm pretty sure Richard had a pretty positive view of it, um, but I would like to um, yeah try it one day. Um, by the way, Coogs, I saw the comment about Lakers. Um, I'm going to pretend I didn't see it, but um, thank you for your. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, your when when you were away, we I said let's say horrible <laughs> things about Roel, so he'll never know. <laughs> Nicest guy in that's board games, said, folks. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh um, man, I love you too, Coogs House. Nice um, friends. Why don't we um, get ready? I've got my cough drop. Hopefully, um, I'll be okay. Um, but you know, we'll take a break if needed, uh, folks. If yep. you're joining us for the first time, what Chris and I do is we record this live here on Twitch for YouTube. It's our top 15 uh, list of disappointing games. Richard is joining us via the magic of video. Uh, so we'll be going through that. And if there are any audio or video issues, we'd love it if you could help us out. Uh, just drop a sticker. Uh, we will hear it and, you know, we'll pause and um, and then we will, uh, you know, get the recording uh, going again. Uh, one thing we do do, yes, thank you, Linnaeus. Always good reminder is y'all get to fight. So the Battle Royale yeah. is going to start right now. Good luck to you all. You get bonus points for the winner. So good luck. And I'm going to shut off my mic while I cough. I think I could hear your cough, but I don't I, I don't know if the people could hear it. Uh-oh. <laughs> so that's good. But we but we got the we got the Battle Royale. So and somebody has been embiggened too. So obviously Ooh. that's the person who everyone needs to take down. Uh B Travis says no, couldn't hear it. So that's great. That's great. Cool. <clears throat> So your 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 muting is working well. I also had a nose blowing break as well. I've been recovering from a bit of a just a cold combo of cold allergies, oh, that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to see, so I'm going to go get some tissues just in case. I'll be right back. <laughs> as they fight to the death, we all need tissues to um, cry over all of those horrible, horrible, horrible bodies that are that are getting just slammed rip to Linnaeus. Oh, I'm sorry, Linnaeus. I can't see who's going to win, but I, I don't know if it's me. I think it should be me. I think I'm dead already. Uh, is the battle Royale just random? No idea how it works. Yeah. It's, well, if you believe hard enough, 
then your character will emerge victorious and save the day. Otherwise, it may feel random, but it, it's all about belief. It's all about the heart of the cards. That's what it is. Heart <laughs> of the cards. If you just wish hard enough, it'll come true. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's a real strategy to it, and you have to focus your mental energy very specifically. And if you do, that's why we see some winners. Just like Andrew Scott, who has won the Battle Royale, if I know Andrew, Andrew Scott. Scott, he's he's ready to to punch anyone who he encounters just any time, <laughs> any day of the week. And I'm sure he was willing death upon everyone here. And yes. that's uh, that's why he, that's why he came out on top. You just need to find <laughs> it's I've, I heard there was a great, a wonderful politician, a senator. Um, I'm trying to remember the name, pal, pal something, because he's a pal to you, right? Who said, let the hate flow through you. Use your anger. Use your hate. <laughs> Senator Pal. Senator, be a pal to everyone. <laughs> That's how you win the Battle Royale. Nice. Congrats to Andrew do. Scott. Spend those points wisely, friend. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're killing me today. Man, this is great. Um, <laughs> why don't we do a show, Chris? How's that sound? Why don't we do the show? Let's do a show. Um, We'll do the intro. I've got the intro. Uh, uh, Rich is going to do it. And we're just going to play the video. And we are sponsored today by Perk Coffee, folks. So uh, that's why mm -hmm. I've got, I'm representing Perk Coffee today. And um, I'll do the intro, do the shout out to Perk Coffee, then we'll get into the list. How's that sound, Chris? That sounds fantastic. I'm very okay. excited. So am I. Okay, here we go, folks. Um, and let me get this going. All right, here we go. <coughs> Hey everybody, episode 63 of the R&R&R &R &R show is brought to you by Perk Coffee. Use the uh, special checkout code at perk.rotto.com to get 15% off your next order. And without any further ado, let's take it away. And hello, Chris. How's it going, my friend? What's going on? What's new? It's going fantastically, Ruel. How are you today? I'm so thrilled to be here on the R&R&R &R &R show sponsored by Perk Coffee, the delicious coffee, my favorite coffee company out there. I can say that legitimately. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> nice. Uh, friends, uh, thank you for joining us today here on YouTube. We are getting ready to do our top 15 most disappointing games of 2021. Now, you can check the show notes That's below true. for our previous show where we talked about the hidden gems of 21, 2021. We're going to be doing something different today. We're flipping the script, as they say. Um, you know, before we get going, though, I want to say that, uh, honestly, Perk Coffee, folks, for our sponsor, they had sent me a couple of things to try. These are instant coffees. Yeah. I'm not an instant coffee drinker. I am now, because this is delicious. I was really surprised, Chris, that this, I mean, it oh, yeah. captured, you know, what I like about coffee. It was the, the bold taste, and it tasted like a brewed cup of coffee. It's not like, you know, you just dump this in the hot water. It's like, eh, it's just flavored water. No, yeah. it, it's actually delicious, legit good. So, folks, be sure to use that Rotto code when you go to Perk Coffee, and uh, you can click the show notes below for that. But without further any further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Chris is going to kick things off. And Chris, while we did the pre-show, folks, if you don't know, we yeah. record this live on Twitch every uh, every couple of Tuesdays. But during the pre-show, we talked about sort of our mythology as far as how we did this. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you approach this list uh, today, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I like these lists because I think it's important to kind of talk about the games that uh, 
for for some reason didn't hit really well with you. Of course, as this always is, it was fun in the pre-show. Uh, some people mentioned games that are on my personal top 20 as like their biggest disappointments. And now I know that I am also their biggest disappointment. But that's that's a <laughs> mental trauma to get through for another day. Um the the idea of uh the the idea of of like things that that potentially had really high expectations and and were hyped up a bunch and then you know could have been just good right mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's important to talk about this as kind of like a counterpoint to hype as well and so that's kind of how I approached my list in a sense there are a couple that I truly just did not enjoy but for the most part um it, most of these are games where like I was actively excited to play Except for my number three. I think number three is just, you know, bad and shouldn't exist. But <laughs> the other ones, uh, 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 ooh, you're going to stick around to number three now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but the other ones are, 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 are sort of all varying levels of that, like, I was here, and then I got to here. Or then I went to here, and then I went to here, right? Yeah. And the further the gap for me, then the further up on the list they are, personally. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah I, that, that's kind of how I how I structured mine. Yeah. Yeah, and I know um, you know again during the pre-show, folks, we, you can join us live every couple of Tuesday, every Tuesday on um, Twitch Tuesday here on the channel. Um, we I talked about how a lot of games on my list were you know I was hyped for them and they just didn't hit as much as I thought they would or should. Yeah. You know, I heard the hype or I bought into the hype and I looked at the rule book early enough or you know saw it in some previews and then when I actually got to the tabletop, it was not as not as good as i thought it would be so um and we'll yeah. be hearing about from richard as well uh but uh, why don't we jump right into it chris you're going to start us off with our number 15 on the list yeah and so number 15 uh the, this is one that i'm actually really excited to talk about and it's it's a weird one because it was a weird mashup and that disappointed me and then how it got split up was disappointing me i don't think this is a bad game actually i think this is probably a great game and in fact uh it's it's sort of a subset of a game that is in my top 10 games of all time, which is why I was so thrilled for it. This oh. is Quest, the Avalon Big Box Edition. That's oh. what it's called. Officially, it was released in 2021 as Quest, the Avalon Big Box Edition. And so now there's just Quest and Avalon has been ripped out of that and is the Avalon Big Box Edition. I think this was disappointing to me in a number of ways. One, I was super hyped, not disappointed at all, that Avalon was coming back with more content. I love Avalon. It is my favorite social deduction game of all time. It is in my top 10 games of all time. Avalon is incredible. It used to be called the Resistance Avalon. It's mm-hmm. it's just so good. I, I could talk about it for hours, but then it would be the whole episode. Uh, so when <laughs> I heard it was coming out, I was like, okay, so Avalon's just being rebranded as Quest. And that's not true because Quest is its own unique game and so there was this weird rebranding that happened that i think was a detriment to both quest and avalon and they should have just been separate it's like they tried to combine them both with a new art style that's like a similar the same art style but these are two different games and are are kind of not compatible and i think they actually Mm. did it right with putting them them both into the main box i i wish that i had the option in the Avalon big box now for the, to play the quest game because it's basically the same game as Avalon. They're like, hey, uh, except it's worse um, because Avalon's <laughs> incredible. They, they were like, hey, uh, let's let's make the same game 
but different. It just it just was confusing, and I think that confusion really hurt them. And I think there's evidence of that confusion because now you can't get Quest, the Avalon Big Box Edition. You can get Quest, and you can get Avalon. Um, what's also a little disappointing to me about Quest is that I feel like Quest has replaced Avalon in that price point line. So Avalon mm. used to be around 20 bucks, and I think that's what Quest is right now. And so now the Avalon big box is around like 30 to 40 or, or whatever, which I'm still very happy to pay because I like the game so much. But I, I feel like it, it was best at that sort of $20 range. And I mm-hmm. feel like Quest has uh, now replaced it. Now that I've talked about all those intricacies. Let me give you like a brief little bit <laughs> about the game. So, so I, again, so this isn't the whole show. Um, <laughs> Avalon or the Resistance is like, there's good team, bad team. You want to figure out who's bad. There you go. You're going on Quest. That's it. In Quest, the main difference between Quest and Avalon is that they removed the voting on the teams. And a lot of people are like, this is better. It streamlines it. It makes it faster. It just means one person gets to assign the team and then you vote. Either like secretly you vote success or fail. Is the quest going to succeed or fail? But what I love about Avalon is the voting system because that's what provides you actual information. You see voting patterns. You see what people are putting forward as their teams. And if you can distill that information, like that's the stuff that gives you the deduction aspect of it that helps you determine around the table who's good, who's evil. Otherwise, it's just kind of like a, a fest of like, you're bad. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And, and so I feel like you lose a, so much of what makes that game so great in the votes. And, and, that's, and that's the actual information that gets distilled, which is better than something like Werewolf, because Werewolf is a lot of that. You're bad. No, I'm not. Okay, let's let's kill you, right? The Avalon gives you that concrete information. And I think by removing it from Quest, you do make it a little bit quicker, but you also it also lessens the experience of the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that like Quest, I think, is still fine to play. They have some in, they have some really interesting ways to mitigate it. Like you have a token where you give it to somebody and then they have to vote yes, which needs to exist in that new format. So you have some measure of control and some measure of like, yeah, I was bluffing but it also like removes somebody's agency in the game. And if you are bad, then you're like, okay, well I had to vote yes. And I kind of lose that, that sense of fun. So like there's some interesting things and some interesting roles, but just Avalon is, is so, so much better. And I I just wish they had led with Avalon and I wish they hadn't tried to combine these two games and these two different, like it's the same art style. It's the same color on the box. I think it's just confusing for people. And I think it takes away attention from avalon and i think that's that's the mistake so it's it's because you came from my darling avalon quest i mean it's by the same designer it's the it's the same game just with a couple tweaks but it could have just been a module to avalon and i think that's where it should have stayed yeah there's my number 15 (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting choice the way they design went went with the game and like you said like i don't i remember when it came out but you know these aren't really my type of games, so uh, social deduction, deduction. But you know, I'm I'm an omni gamer. I always give something a shot. But it seems to me it just it took out the core of what made the original so good, and it just I don't know what was. I, I mean, as you were talking, I was like, 
Do they, are they just trying to, I don't know, if, I don't want to sound so cynical. Are they just trying to cash in and like rebrand and just try to, you know, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? I, like, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think like the intentions were great. I think they were trying to launch Quest as a new thing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's throw in all the, all the stuff for Avalon. Cause there was right. a bunch of little promos and, and little things that hadn't been implemented into Avalon. It was just like, I love, I'm so happy it got all combined into one box mm -hmm. for people who want to get everything. It was so easy for me to get everything. I wanted everything, absolutely yeah. wanted everything because I, I love it. But I, I just think, so I think that initial almost like Quest Avalon Big Box Edition was the right way to go about it. And okay. I'm, I'm almost even more disappointed that it's been separated. But it's just it's just like you didn't, I, I feel like they didn't need that new new game, especially for like very minimal changes. I feel like yeah. it should have just been like a new way to play Avalon. And mm -hmm. then you could play it with both, like would have been a better, right. uh, keep the flagship of the game that's already working well, and then tag on this new thing. But I, right. so it was just, it was just a, it was just weird. Yeah. Uh, I like, I love indie board and cards. Absolutely love the, love the game. Think everybody should, if you like social deduction, Avalon is, is, is my favorite out of the mall for sure, yeah. because of the actual information that you get. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's not, there's more deduction that can happen in Avalon than I think any other social deduction game that's that's okay. out there personally. Cool. Um, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, great choice for number fifteen, Chris. I mean, you were a hardcore fan, and you were disappointed uh, by what they did. Hard, hard, hardcore fan, hardcore yeah. fan. Played hundreds of games of that one. Yeah, like, seriously, it's so good. Well, it's good to know. All right, let's move on to our number 14 on the list, folks. Uh, this is not a social deduction game on my list, um, but it's one of my favorite. Um, themes and mechanisms in games and it's i love abstract games that you know it's tie in some kind of theme and i especially like nature themed games and so for our number 14 on the list this was a disappointment and again this is a game that i had seen previously and i was hyped about it and it well it's a good game it just didn't live up to the hype and that was why our number 14 is umbra via uh, Umbravia, this okay. is a uh, from our friends uh, Monique and Naveen over on Before We Play. We're looking at their playthrough. Uh, it's an abstract game, uh, but it's it uh, combines elements of bidding and set collection. And what you're trying to do is get rid of these uh, soul flowers or whatever they're called. And, you know, I remember seeing this and I was like, you know, for a nature game, it was like really dark. Just the, the board and stuff. Like, I don't know the design. I, I don't know. It, I think of nature, I want to be outside. And this... Just the way you're building it, it seems really dark to me. But that's just a very minor quibble. And again, I don't think it's a bad game. But for me, it the couple of times I played it, it fell flat ultimately um, at two players. Now, I should back it up by saying I think this game definitely plays better at three and four. But for something that you know has to stay on my shelf, it's going to have to uh, play well at two because Michelle and I, she's my main gaming partner, and most of the games we play are at two. And she loves nature-themed games just as much as I do. So uh, things like Wingspan say are a collection because it plays well at two. Uh, other nature games, uh, other games out there will stay. But this one ultimately didn't, unfortunately, where you're trying to bid on these things. And at the same time, you're trying to line them up on the little, uh, it's a little path that you're going here. Um, you line them up and then whoever has the most uncertain, it's area control as well. You're going to, you know, pop those into behind your screen. Um, and then you're going to use those to bid uh, in uh, future rounds. Um, I don't know. It, it just, I think the biggest thing for me was it just ultimately fell flat. Like I, we were doing things. It was fun. Um, I, 
again, it's not a badly designed game, but I just felt like ultimately, you know, there's other games I'd rather pull out first uh, before Umbravia. Uh, so that's why it's our number 14. Uh, just a disappointing one for me. Um, again, I'm not going to say it's a terrible game or a bad game, but it just it ultimately left our collection. So that's our number 14, Umbravia. Um, Chris, were you able to play this one? No, I haven't played it. I thought it looked cool. Uh, mm. I think I think honestly, I think to call it a nature game feels like a bit of a stretch. It feels like it felt like an yeah. abstract game to me. But yeah. again, I didn't I didn't play. But that's just from my like tertiary looks, and that's probably why it didn't. Uh, I yeah, kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, like even like the that box is, cover looked really yeah. cool. It had all these like vines and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And then all, when you open it up, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it is abstract, uh, and I, maybe that's what it was. It was just the abstract. Uh, there wasn't enough theme to like really uh, gra- grab me and bring me there. I yeah. mean, I can play a totally abstract game. Like, I love, like, stuff like Quarto, which is just, you know, wooden blocks, and you're just, you know, lining them up. That's fine. But, yeah. oh, ultimately, I wanted more theme uh, for this. So, you know, I think of our friends, uh, yeah. Amy and Maggie, Thinker Themer, they're also contributors here on the channel. You know, I think I want some theme to go with my mechanisms, and this, uh, to me, it just it didn't tie up, <laughs> uh, tie in well. But, anyways, that's our number yeah. 14. Let's move on uh, to our number uh, 13. We're going to have uh, Richard join us. Uh, Richard, uh, take it away. Okay, everybody. I have no idea what Christian will have come up with so far, but I'm going to begin my heartbreaking tour with number 13 on the list, Neko Harbor, the card game. And oh my gosh, here's the deal, folks. I actually got a chance to play this first as a four-player game at uh, BGGCon, the Board Game Geek Convention uh, that happens in Texas. Played it with a very nice group of folks, and we all agreed it was surprisingly fantastic. The rule book left a little be desired, I have to admit, but this is such a brilliant engine-building game all about running tours in the Antarctic. I was blown away by it, and I could not wait to get a copy of it and get home and play with my wife, Jen, because I had every um, expectation it was going to make my top 10 games of 2021. It's that good at four players. But then I did get a copy and got to play it at two, and oh my gosh, it, it almost feels like every single thing the developers could have done to make it weaker as a two-player game, they did. And I have, actually, if you go check out my original run-through, I think in the final thoughts, I have a comment where I list, hey, if these five things were done as a house variant, I think this could have still been in the top ten games of the year, because it would have brought more variety for two-player, it would have dealt with scaling a little bit better, and I would have been much, much happier. So yeah, this was a huge disappointment for me. This is one I thought was going to stay on my shelf for years and uh, that we would revisit until I found that the two-player implementation of number 13, Neko Harbor the Card Game, was just, I'll just say ill-considered and leave it at that. Broke my heart. Very disappointed and otherwise a phenomenal engine builder. If you have a higher player count and you like engine builders, I highly recommend it. But if you're a two-player, Anyway, uh, let's see what the guys have next. So he wasn't really a fan, uh, or I wasn't really interested after hearing his comments on um, on, the, on the game. So, I don't know. Did, did, were you able to play this one, uh, Chris? No, I, I didn't. I It sounds so familiar to me. I was like, did, wasn't this on our hidden gems from last last, <laughs> last time we did one of these? I don't know if Kimberly put it on like her maybe her honorable mentions or something. But I think I think if if you that's that's why I think player count is is so important, right? I think yeah. uh, going on BGG or something like that, which says optimal player count and like trying to play it 
at that player count too. I know I have a couple of games that I'm I've got in the in the can to review, and like the designers have been like, "Hey, for your first play, please play it at four. I was like, "All right, I'll play it at four. Like, yeah. like that'll give you your best experience. And I'm like, "That's great feedback. That's great feedback to know. And like, that's something that you need to know walking in, right? Like, if you only play with two people, then this isn't a game for you. But if you have that, uh, yeah, that expansive group, well, then it's one that you could pick up and try and play. Right? Yeah, so that's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't played played it. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I was yeah. really, you know, uh, again, I love engine building, I love tableau building, I, I'm really interested in it. But um, just based on Richard's comments, you know, as he said, you know, player counts a huge thing, especially, you know, I, I know that when Michelle and I play games, those games that aren't going fit for two, they're they're leaving the shelf just like that. So, yeah, bummer about yeah. that one. Let's move on as we continue our top 15 most disappointing games. Uh, back to you, Chris. Oh, it's me. Right. Yeah. Uh, so our number 12. Now, <clears throat> this is a caveat. I think this is a game that I, I will grow to quite enjoy. I don't own a copy of it. A friend owns a copy of it. I've only played it once. Uh, and, I, and I think it's because I played the tutorial version. And I, I gotta stop doing this to myself because <laughs> I I don't like when I play the tutorial versions of games. I know this, and so there's a bunch of things that happened which made uh, which made this game also stand out. But I think it's I, I wanted to put it on the list not because it's a bad game at all, but because it was almost universally everybody's number one game of 2021. And okay. so when when that happens, I feel like your expectations are through the roof, you know? And so if it doesn't hit that through the roof expectations, I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Like it still ends up being a disappointment because, which is a a weird, wild thing to say, uh, but because it was just pretty good. Uh, And so that's um, mind management is, is our number 12. Oh, okay. Uh, My, yeah, huge hit. It's a huge hit. It's an absolutely huge hit. And I think there's, I think this is, this is a, a pretty good game, but the first, and I think it's because I played the tutorial. I've only, and I've only played it once. I love the different powers, et cetera. I I think if you're on a team, it's a team game. It's one versus all Uh, Mm -hmm. it's hidden movement. One person is controlling the, the psychics, well, the, the, the person running who's hidden and the other people Mm -hmm. are controlling psychics trying to find that person who's hidden. And and the, the ways you get clues feel interesting to me. But it was just, it was one of those things where we just got steamrolled by the psychic because our, our team wasn't really up to snuff, you know? And, and I really like that in this game, there's a, there's a shift system. So if you find the, the, the hidden movement person, I keep saying the psychic, but it's actually the psychics who are trying to find that person. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hidden movement person, the one, if, you, if, if one person keeps winning, one side keeps winning, there's a shift system to like give advantages and balance it out as you keep on playing. And you're unlocking these different modules as you keep playing through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the concept of it. I really like having to search the board and find the different clues that are on there. Um, it, you know, the psychic wants to gather up like three of these different types of symbols. And mm-hmm. so if you can guess what symbols they're going for, you can kind of predict their path. That's also really exciting. But I think, ah, don't just don't play the basic game. <laughs> just don't do it. If you're into board gaming, just don't do it. <laughs> you can you can handle the complexity that comes with it, and you'll enjoy yeah. it more. You know, it, it's one of those things that like because 
because it was somebody else's game and I played it that once and I didn't, it didn't blow me away and it didn't become my number one game of all time after that one play. Yeah. I think in my head, okay, yeah, never need to add it to my shelf and, and play it again. I think, and I think, and that is that idea, that internal idea is disappointing to me that I'm disappointed in myself, which is, you know, what I usually am, but this is time it's for board game reasons. Uh, but that's that the this is the feeling right because i think it's it's quite a interesting exciting game and it's one that i want to give another shot but it's one that i kind of forget about because of that first play right and so i think that's the that's the trap that we can potentially fall into of like this game is amazing this game's so good and then uh and then it just ends up being good yeah i think good is great is is good right Yeah, but but for me it was just it was just good. It wasn't number, and I was expecting number one. I think if I didn't have those expectations, I think I would be like, okay, there's like interesting things here, and I and I'd be more inclined to come back to it. It's a weird sort of way of looking at it, but but that's that's why I wanted to bring this one up. Not that I think I think this is this is a good game. I think many people really really love it, but it's that like intense love that I didn't immediately feel because I because of a number of circumstances that. Uh, I think it's just something to be to be wary of, and that's kind right. of why I why yeah. I wanted to put it on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you did because this is a game that I really want to play, and I've heard universally nothing but good things. But right, it's I I've never heard that um, what you said, and this is I think this is a very important thing is to not focus on that tutorial mode and you know jump right yeah. into the game because. I mean, I understand why publishers do that. And I think I think it's great that they do that for you know newer players or for whatever. Sure. But yeah. at the same time, you know, by doing that, you're really limiting what you're showing in the game. And for I don't know, for veteran gamers like yourself and and me and uh, a lot of people watching yeah. on the channel here, you know, it may sort of taint you know your view of the game if you're just getting the very basics and not you know giving it its its letting it stretch so to speak. You know, uh, you know, stretch yeah. its legs a, a little so. Um, I will yeah. when I eventually. I know I'm going to eventually play this. I know uh, friends that just rave about it. I'll make sure it's like you yeah. know what. Don't play. Let's not play the tutorial mode. Just let's just jump right into it, and I'll, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Go go full full head first into it, and I think yeah. you'll have a good time for sure. Nice. Yeah. Will do. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so we're going to move on now. Um, let me make uh, sure that the video stuff works on my end because this doesn't always work, but we're moving on to number 11, folks. Uh, this is a game I was super pi- pumped about because I love, love, love the IP. Uh, the IP is Alien, uh, Aliens, and all the other Alien movies, you know, uh, Ripley and all that, but it was, it, when I eventually played it, it didn't live up to the hype. Uh, Alien, Fate of the Nostro- Nostromo. Uh, Nostromo. I don't even mm. know if I'm saying it right, but we're going to get to the game right here. Uh, I got to play this with the uh, Dice Tower uh, last year or the year before. Uh, they had me out there. I played with uh, Tom, or no, uh, Z and uh, Mike Delisio and Stephen Bonacor. And as you can see there, it's got all the alien stuff. It's got Ripley, it's got Bishop, yeah. it's got all the cool characters. It's a cooperative game. You are battling aliens and whatnot, and it's fine. It's a good game, but there's nothing here, and this is why it disappointed me. There was nothing in the game that was like fresh or new. It just seemed really straightforward, which is fine. Um, and I think the reason why it disappointed me was uh, because I think it's a Robinsberger game, and they've done some really good stuff with their IPs, stuff like uh, the Princess Bride uh, uh, book game and uh, some of the other IPs they have. Again, these are all 
um, more like gateway, gateway plus maybe games. And I think they're fine, but oh, Alien, for whatever reason, it just didn't. Uh, when I want an Alien game, Chris, I want one of two things. I either want Alien, the first one, or Aliens, the second one. So the first one, I want really <laughs> tense, scary moments that, you know, those, those moments that you're just, oh, are we going to be able to do this? Or I want Aliens 2, where it's nothing but a, you know, James Cameron, you know, action fest. One or the other. And unfortunately, I didn't get that sense. Again, talking about theme, I didn't get that sense in this game at any point. I mean, it was fine. Uh, we hit on all the, the points of the game and so forth, um, you know, of, of the uh, story. I mean, there are aliens. You're trying to, um, you know, there's like some pickup deliver to this. You're trying to get items at certain points and trying to, you know, battle the aliens. But ultimately, it just, again, it's another game that fell flat uh, for me. And that's why it's our number 11, Alien, um, Failing the Stromble. I will say this. Designer Scott Rogers, the original designer, he put out, so he, um, according to him, and uh, people have talked about this on BGG, the rules of the game changed from his original set of rules. So that's what we played. We played at, uh, from the box, just what it was. But apparently, and everyone universally agrees on BGG, if you play Scott's original rules, it's supposed to be a way better game. And I'm like, why did they change it? I, I don't know why they changed it. And I don't know what, what's different about the game, but... I will play this game, even though it was a disappointing game to me. I will play it again based on his original rule set. Uh, so that's uh, our number eleven, folks. Any? Well, do you play this game, yeah, or do you like games, yeah, or I, are they scary? I haven't, I haven't played it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was, they're too scary. Nah, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> too scary. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I haven't. I haven't played it. I, I. The only thing I know about this game is that if you take off the lid, isn't there like? Uh, just a big picture of a cat isn't that this game is there I mean, that, that would be perfect I, <laughs> I think i, I think i heard that I from a alien it. game that there was just like a just a sheet of paper it was just the picture of a cat i was like well that's pretty funny uh, <laughs> that would so be that, awesome that, that got me interested in it but uh, oh yeah, absolutely I haven't, I haven't played it now. cool yeah um again i I'll, I'll give it another shot based on the designer's original rules but i'm definitely uh the way that game uh went i mean it was fine it just it wasn't as what I wanted, but which is fine. But hey, let's move on to number 10. Richard's got it for us. Take us away, Richard. Okay, everybody. Number 10 on the list is Merchant's Cove, which is so painful for me to talk about. But actually, I got to play this in prototype form when it was uh, crowdfunding back in 2019, I think. And at the time, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant market economic simulation, kind of lightweight. And the beautiful thing was every player is a different kind of merchant working in the same market. And the merchant you are determines what type of game you play, whether it's a roll and ride or a dice manipulation game or an adventuring game. So much variety in the best possible way. And all the different mini games that you could play in this incredibly asymmetric game worked really nicely. And so I was in love with it until we actually got to the end of a round when we resolve what uh, customers will actually buy from which merchants after we make all our wares. Because the market simulation portion of this game is incredibly cutthroat. One of the most cutthroat I have seen in a long time. And I just don't understand why it needs to be that way. I guess the developers overcompensated since when everybody's playing their own little minigame, they're really 
siloed in their own little world that, hey, when we get out to the main board, let's go overboard on the uh, player interaction. Because in this game, you I can work you over so hard. What you have spent the last 20, 30 minutes of your life trying to achieve, I could then do a couple of very simple things and ruin all of it. And as a two-player game, that happens a lot because of the zero-sum nature of two-player. Maybe at higher player counts, it's not so bad. Maybe it's not quite so cutthroat. But Jen and I were both heartbroken, crestfallen, when we saw just how much we are incentivized to be incredibly mean to each other in the central binding market simulation, which, uh, again, broke my heart and disappointed me greatly. I had hoped when 2021 came around and the final game was there, maybe, maybe my cries would not have fallen on deaf ears and the uh, developers would have come up with, you know, I'm not saying they had to redesign the game, but maybe a more Care Bear-friendly alternative mode where we are not just sticking knives into each other's back every chance we get would have been a possibility. But it was not. Uh, the game was as mean-spirited as ever once you, um, you know, everybody comes together on the main board to fight over control over the, uh, the, the, the customers that show up for our wares. And that's what disappointed me, folks, that uh, as much as I loved everything else about this game, we couldn't keep it. And so it actually ended up going to the uh, Dice Tower West Convention Library, where hopefully somebody will get to play it somewhere down the road. But um, yeah... Again, uh, for me and Jen, hugely disappointing. Number 10 on the list, Merchant's Cove. Well, I'm not going to lie. I sort of want to play this now. <laughs> now I want to play it more. Yeah, yeah now I want to like, play it more. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's certain groups of friends of mine that gamers that I'm okay. We're okay stabbing each other in the back and trying to get stuff. So. Yeah. I know it doesn't work for Richard and Jen. Um, it probably wouldn't work for me. Well, actually, Michelle and I might play it, but I know there's specific, specific friends of mine, like, we would be all over this. Um, we have not played it, but I, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I I thought Merchant Cove looked good, and now I'm more interested in it because of that. Because, you know, being, you know, the nicest guy in board gaming, I love mean games. That's right. There he is, folks. <laughs> Speaking of the nicest guy, Chris, why don't we move on to our number nine on the list? Oh yeah, this is not going to be me being nice at all because this is just this is this is the worst one. This is the uh -oh. worst one on the list. Oh, but no. it's number three because it's 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 just like it it was pretty transparent what it was, uh, mm. and that's a, just a cash grab from an IP, oh. a, and it's uh, Orlog the dice game from Assassin's Creed Valhalla turned oh. into uh, a game. See, so it's it was basically a mini game. I haven't played the physical version. I've played the video game. And that's it's better than this. It's uh, it's a mini. It's it's a physical version of the video game version mini game. You know, in video games where you get those to when you want to stop hacking down people or doing quests, you gotta you gotta get you gotta do something to break up the monotony, and you go into a tavern and you throw some dice or whatever. That's what this is. And in that aspect, it works very well. It works It works very well in terms of like, oh, yeah, we're just going to check some dice. You're going to have either like uh, arrows or axes, which do damage. And then you're going to have helms or shields, which protect against damage. And then you're going to have, if they're they're surrounded by gold rings or whatever, you get god power points. And you can use one of three 
god powers that you've picked at the beginning of the game out of 20. And all the god powers are is they're like, hey, I deal more damage or I defend against more damage. It's basically all they are. It's mm-hmm. So you're rolling dice, you get to re-roll up to three times, very standard Yahtzee, whatever. The fact that this turned into a game makes me very disappointed. And it's because... It, it like the video game dealt with any of the little fiddly nature, so you you don't have that. So you have a little bit fiddly bits of dealing, getting your god powers, whatever. And they just didn't do anything else with it. And for me, like I think this is a, an awesome opportunity when when you're when you've got such like a great IP and you're turning something into into a game, you can you have a you have a chance here. You have a chance to like really get people hooked. Uh, but instead, what was produced was something that, like, I feel I would find, you know, those sorts of trinkets that you can get. Souvenirs. This is like a souvenir game. Mm. You know, if you visited yeah. if you visited Disney World and you're like, I'm bringing home this this Mickey Mouse toy. Like, <laughs> you, you have it to remind yourself of the good times that you had. It's not going to, like, provide you with additional good times. And I think that's exactly what this does. In yeah. addition, the price was so stupid. And this is what really, oh. this is where I really get offended. Like, I, I'm fine with it existing as a dice game. Sure, it's a quick dice game. Who cares? There's, there was this one dice game that came out. It was called Dice Fights. And all you do is you roll dice. They're attack dice, defense dice, <laughs> um, money dice, doesn't matter. You, you, you can use your money dice, get more dice. So eventually you're, you're rolling a bunch of dice. Even the box of the dice. You buy that and you roll the box dice and it's worth 20. It's like stupid mm-hmm. fun dice checking. Amazing. Love dice checking. But the but just the fact that like they were charging like fifty dollars or something ridiculous oh. plus shipping for this very basic like cheap plastic cup that you wow. can get and then you can go even further you can get it you can get the wooden one beautiful wooden with like a mm. Viking horn for two hundred dollars they're really like this feels it felt like a cash grab capitalizing on the trend that everybody will just purchase anything on Kickstarter. And people mm-hmm. did. It raised over a million dollars Canadian. And then now there's reports as well. Because I was looking through and I was like, oh, yeah, Orlog. I'm like, do we even put this on the list? It feels like I'm taking shots at like something that people aren't going to be interested in. But I yeah. wanted to like call it out because now there's also a bunch of reports of people getting that like $200 thing and having the quality be worse than what the base game would have been. Oh, like that that's whoa. that's you look on bgg and that's what people are like people are throwing ratings down they're like listen like i finally got it not the quality that i was promised like mm-hmm. so people who were investing in this potentially really cool collector's edition also just got screwed over because they the production quality wasn't there mm-hmm. and it it did not it did not deliver on the promise that it made so like mechanically yeah. fine don't care play what you want. It's better as a video game because it's quicker as a video game and it's not something you're ever going to like pull out on a game night. You know what I mean? It's not even mm. it's not even good yeah. enough to be a filler, I don't think. Uh wow. personally, but but then you then you you couple that with like preying upon people's excitement and then and then just like making a product that doesn't deliver on that. It, it just felt like such a cash grab to me yeah. from the moment that it was created and it's still I'm sad. I'm disappointed that I was right in that the quality yeah. is not w- w- good at all. That these people who were excited and like you, you spent mm-hmm. your money on whatever, I don't care. Like, but you, if people were excited about this thing to have like this cool Viking horn to sit on the shelf, totally <laughs> yeah. understand that feeling. 
but then then also not delivering on that promise and when you're like your cheap version that is also so expensive isn't good enough yeah no it's yeah, just that's a, it's just oh. yeah that's it's, list of it's only number yeah. three it's only number three because like i didn't have expectations for it you okay. know if i yeah, had yeah. any expectations for it it like probably would be number one but i i knew it was going to be bad yeah. and it was bad but i'm still disappointed that it <laughs> even existed and that so many people bought into this like objectively bad thing that doesn't further the hobby and push it forward you know <laughs> right yeah well like tell I us think, how you really I feel chris turn people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nicest guy in board gaming you can hear what everybody else is saying <laughs> yeah i i think i mean that's uh you know it, it's certainly something that hasn't that's happened before and i'm sure it'll happen again you know cash grabs and you know just pe- taking advantage of people it's sad to say it's gonna happen again yeah. so Thanks for looking out for us, Chris, and, you know, calling it out. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Altruistic, that's me. Yeah. Let's move on to our number eight. Uh, This one sort of ties back into um, what you're talking about, mind management, as far as, like, it had nothing but universal acclaim. And this is going to be the game I picked uh, that didn't, that disappointed me. Uh, This is our number eight. It's Golem. Uh, I mean, everyone loved no, this game. I'm, yeah, I want to try it. I'm so excited I, to try it. I, it was a it was a good game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. You know, it, it wasn't like a bad game, but ultimately it wasn't for me. Now this is from the designers of uh, Grand Austria Hotel, uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Mm-hmm. I love Lorenzo. I think it's a brilliant game. Yeah, there's you can see things me here. Too. It's got the worker placement thing uh, going on. It's got different a uh, bunch of different tracks to get resources and knowledge. Um, it's, you know, based on, um, I think it's like 16th century, um, lore or uh, legends or whatever about, you know, uh, these statues that come alive and you have them go do your bidding or whatever. Um, and ultimately you're, you're going up tracks and, uh, exchanging resources for other resources. Um, but I, you know, I, maybe cause I kept, um, you know, try, in my mind, I kept thinking it was going to be the next coming of Lorenzo and it just wasn't, I didn't think right. like it flowed as well. And instead of dice, they do this thing, interesting thing where they have almost like a potion explosion type thing where they have marbles coming out of this dispenser. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you're going to grab your actions from. And I thought that's that's unique. But honestly, I'd rather just give me dice and let me manipulate them and, you know, we'll go on the tracks and do the things. Um, And I just remember, so I played this one the first time I played, uh, again, with the dice tower, they had me out. I remember the setup for this game took forever. Like, I don't remember Lorenzo ever taking this long. And I was like, to me, that's a huge turnoff, honestly. Like, I understand heavier, more complex games, they can take a while to set up. But, I mean, this was a, a, a complex game. It was a, uh, probably on the heavy medium medium side, but it just felt like it took forever. So that was like strike one. Then just, I, it just didn't flow as well uh, to me. I mean, you know, there was like, at least for me personally, it was some stumbling points as far as learning the game. Um, but... I know why. I mean, it, it's you know, it's from those uh, that design trio of um, Italian designers that do all the dice games. I I, I know why it, it was a hit. People love those designers, but ultimately, Go- Golem folks for me just uh, again fell flat. It didn't reach the expectations like I expected to be the number one game of the year, and it was a game. It was fine, but uh, that's why it's our number eight on most disappointing games. Uh, Chris, you wanted to play this, right? I do. I still do. I yeah. I uh, I feel like. I feel like that that's also an interesting trap, though, of uh, designers that you like, right? It, yep. it, just because a designer that you like has and you like their games 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to love every single one of their titles and just going in Agreed. blind or not necessarily blind, even, even informed. Um, this might happen for me later on, later on my, on, on the list for me mm-hmm. uh, is it, it, it's, it's something where, where it, it, that's where the disappointment comes from because you have those mm-hmm. expectations. Like I want to play it because of Lorenzo and because of Grand Austria Hotel. Yeah, because I'm such a big fan of both of those games. That's why I was like, I'm like, yeah, I don't care what this is. It's the <laughs> same design team. It looks like a crunchy euro. Yeah, num 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 num. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. I, so totally, totally see where when it when it doesn't hit, that's that's where that disappointment factor comes in. Yeah, right? because you're agreed. like, oh shoot, I I love everything else. I yeah. want. I want to love this as much, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, I, totally see where you're coming from. I, and I was thinking too, you know, as as you're going through your thoughts there, um, and I started thinking about when I, you know, the last time I played it after the Dice Tower um, run through, I played it and I, I started getting more of the engine building part of it, uh, sort of figured that out. But it felt like uh, I finally got my engine and then just the game ended. I was like, oh, I want at least one more round. Mm. You know, like, you know, engine builders, yeah. you get to that point, like, give me at least one round to get everything I want. But maybe it's on me. Maybe it could be me. Maybe I just didn't, you know, suss it out right. And maybe it just, you know, it might have been a failure on my part. But anyways. You just, just yeah. got to get good, Ruel. That's, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to, Chris. <laughs> I just suck at games. I need to uh, do better. <laughs> Nicest guy in board game, folks. Uh, there he is right there. <laughs> Speaking of nice guys, let's see what Richard's got oh, for us uh, for yeah. our number seven game. Okay, everybody. Number seven on my list of heartbreak and woe is Imperium. Either classics or legends. Uh, take your pick. Uh, it's this game, in case you hadn't heard of it, this could have been in my top 25 games of all time, quite frankly. I am hard-pressed to think of a better design for a modern card game. I mean, this beats... Um, you know, Race for the Galaxy. This beats Ray's Arcana. This beats, um, you know, I mean, this beats Glory to Rome. The core gameplay of this civilization building game put into card format is so amazingly good. Just absolutely best of class. It's never going to get any better. Uh, you know, plus great art from the Miko. I always love that, but Oh my gosh. Uh, it was so fantastic. And uh, the thing is, uh, depending on which version you get, the game comes with a bunch of different, um, you know, classical or sometimes fantastical civilizations that we can lead to prosperity at the expense of each other. Uh, because while it's hard, this is a deck building game. There are several, in fact, almost all of the uh, different civilizations you can choose from range from slightly jerkish to absolute quite frankly, in just how much you can steal from each other and smash each other's stuff, and I so wish it wasn't there. Because it didn't need to be. In fact, solo gameplay is fantastic. I love it. I love it so much, I almost kept this solely to play it as a solo game, which is not something I ever do. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like uh, the previous one I talked about back, what was it, number 13, right? Uh, Merchant's Cove. Brilliant gameplay with just overloaded, with completely needless player screwage, absolutely ruined what could have, I think, easily made my top 25 games of all time and was probably could have been uh, in the running for my game of the year in 2021. But considering that they just wanted us to stick a knife in, it becomes one of the ultimate disappointments for me. Number seven on the list, Imperium. Classics, 
or legends. <laughs> I know we were both laughing at that beep. I mean, just hearing the beep. <laughs> hey, we're the nicest guys in board gaming. What do we say? <laughs> and because of that beep, I want to play this game. Um, <laughs> yet, yeah, like some of the other games on this list, I've heard nothing but universal acclaim uh, for this one, and I mm-hmm. think it looks cool. So I'm looking forward to trying. Have you been able to play this one, uh, Chris? No, I haven't, but it's been on my radar because of the design team. Uh, yeah. David Turksey is half of the design team, and I just like I love Anachrony. I, mm-hmm. I think that that also might be why the solo mode uh, feels so felt so good to Richard too, because he's he's kind of known for designing solo modes as well. Yeah, uh, and then Ni- Nigel Buckle is the other is the other half of the of the team who I don't know too too much about, but I remember seeing on some like Facebook groups some like really interesting designer discussions about this game too, talking about how they how they were putting it together uh, during during when it was when it was coming out. That it, it made it seem really interesting to me. So definitely on my radar, and it yeah. haven't hasn't been deterred yet. <laughs> yeah. And just knowing that Turchi is involved with the solo mode, I mean, you already got my interest peaked right there. It's like, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely going to try this. Sure. So cool. Um, all right. We were getting close to uh, the very top of the list here. We're going on our number six. And Chris, it's all up to six. you, my friend. Yes. All right. I'm not going to talk too long about this one, but it's again, it's, it's a, it's a result of loving the designer. Absolutely loving the designer. This comes from my favorite designer of all time. Uh, and, this is one that I knew I would go all in for the moment it was announced that it was occurring. It was like, it's, I never do this. I'm very frugal. I never back things all in. And this was one where I was like, yes, I'm getting everything because I'm guaranteed to love this game. I read through the rule book. I thought, yes, every part about this game feels cool and interesting. And I trust the designers, my favorite designer ever. Uh, this game is by Eric Lang. This is the third in the trilogy, and this is Onk. And what? Just really? Oh, not, wow. Did not hit with me. I, I'm didn't shocked. Hit with me. I'm shocked because we just did a Hidden Gems, <clears throat> or was it Hidden Gems, where you talked about Rising yeah. Sun, right? Or was it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. I love Rising Sun is my number one game of all time. Like, wow. it, it, it's my number one game of all time. Uh, Blood Rage is is up there as well. It made my yes. Blood Rage made my top twenty. Uh-huh. So obviously the third in this trilogy series, I feel like it would be hard pressed to find somebody more excited than I was for this yeah. game. Uh, like just my, but that's the problem, right? My expectations were through the roof, mm-hmm. and yep. well, I think there's a few problems uh, that didn't hit with me. Is that I feel like there's a bit of a runaway leader problem here. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a huge skill skill gap. If somebody knows the game and somebody doesn't, that person's ever winning. Like just never, yeah. not, not not in a million years. There's no way to mitigate it. The person's going to go out from the gate, make a few moves, and if you don't do the right things to counter it, you're done. You're just done. And so it's it's like a it's a real race to the finish style game that mm-hmm. it just I I got rid of I I got rid of because I was like I have everything. It's on my shelf. I played it like eight or nine times, desperately trying to find the joy in it. And that's yeah. the problem is because the first game I played was amazing. It was so good. It was mm. so fun. Me and my buddy Zach, we looked at each other. It was a two-player. We looked at each other and we we're like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to blow me out of the water. Yeah. And then we played it a few more times. And then every time we kept playing it, I just saw more and more things where I was like, 
oh, that's how this is working. Oh, this is how this is working. It's it, well, my main, I, I have a whole review about it, but like my, my main part that I dislike is that there's one God power you can get that feels like you need to get it. And then when somebody gets it, it basically acts as like a timer for the game. And I understand why it exists. Mm -hmm. I understand why it's in there. You keep, you're putting the, you're pushing the pace. It's a race game. But the fact that it like does exist as a timer and it, it just is so hard to claw back from there. The runaway leader problem just feels so significant. Mm. And I, I liked the prototype rule book better than the, what actually came out as well. I remember oh, significant really? changes in the, in the prototype on Kickstarter um the some of the actions were different some of the powers were different and the one thing that was that was really different is that they nerfed the merge god they nerfed it in production because because mm. two gods the two people who were, were last they merged together and so they need to be powerful in order to try to have a chance to come back and i think that they were too powerful clearly they were too powerful in testing and that's why they nerfed it yep. but it used to be each person got to take two actions on their turn and so you basically get double the turns in order to try to come back. And like that to mm. me feels exciting. It feels like, oh yeah, I kind of want to be Merge God or Merge God isn't a detriment. And yeah. then they they changed it so that the Merge Gods, you only get one action on your turn. And not only does it limit the Merge God's power, it just doesn't feel good around the table to just have one action while everybody's, well, everybody's playing two. It, 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 uh. it really deflates the energy around yeah. the table or it did with my games any games that i played over to and so yeah it just uh it was sad to it was sad to leave i made a whole insert for it i never do that before playing a game but i was wow. like oh, i'm keeping this forever i'm gonna spend the two three days designing and building this insert yeah. uh to to get everything in one box because i know i want to take it everywhere i know i do because yeah. it's amazing it's eric lang it's the third of the trilogy <laughs> yeah just uh. it just didn't hit Oh, that's uh, yeah. a bummer. Could yeah. have been my number one. Really could have been my number one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe should have been my number one from like expectation to honestly, yeah. it should have been it probably should have been my number one. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm saying it out loud. Like biggest <laughs> disappointment. I was the most disappointed. There it is. Um, so you would say this yeah. is like the return of the Jedi and Rising Sun would be your Empire Strikes <laughs> Back, Blood Rage would be your Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Right. Except I love the Ewoks. So, you know, I love Return of the Jedi. I'm also odd in that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I haven't gotten around to playing this. Um, and I, I know it was a, a lot of people talked about Rough Beth. The, the whole merge thing, like, you know, when, like, that just seems so weird to me. But I want to try it just because it is Eric Lang. I'm a huge fan of his games. But um, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, just hearing you talk about, about your experience with it. You know, I'd probably go in there too because I love Eric Lang. Uh, Blood Rage, one of my all-time mm -hmm. favorite games. Uh, Rising Sun, also excellent. It didn't, it didn't surpass Blood Rage in my estimation. But again, I know how much you love yeah. it. But knowing that that you're a huge fan, I'm sort of bummed out to hear that Ankh is up there um, I, on the list. I, I can't. I would love to recommend it. Yeah. I can't. I can't recommend it. I would Understood. love to. I would love nothing more than to, but yeah. I, I just can't. Yeah. It it happens, folks. That's what happens sometimes. Um, all right. So there it is. Number six. Now we're gonna go on to the top five. I've got number five. And uh this is a game I was looking forward to because I've enjoyed the entire series. And um I'm just gonna say it right now. Number five is Seven Wonders Architects. Um, I love Seven Wonders. I love I think Seven Wonders Duel is a masterpiece. Um, but Seven Wonders Architects, I was 
fired up for it because um, I understood that, uh, from what I understood, it was going to be a slimmed down, streamlined edition, uh, edition of the original game. So I figured, hey, this will be great for two players and, and new players. And I still think it holds water as far as like introducing someone to a group of new new gamers. But if you're going to play a two-player, because I heard this played well at two players, uh, in my experience, after a couple of games, I didn't think it did it at all. I much prefer mm. Seven Wonders Duel. Uh, but what I think Seven Wonders Architects does really well is capture the feel of Seven Wonders uh, without having to dive into all the different things that make, uh, in my opinion, Seven Wonders great. Uh, the different types of uh, items that you're going to score. Um, you know, you have your science, you have your military. Uh, that's all it, they have it here, but you're actually just trying to really build your wonder. And it is cool. Like you're going to like, um, this is Kimberly's uh, video, folks, Tabletop Tolson, also a member here of the channel. You you can see, you can physically see the, the wonders being built. There's a pyramid and statue and so forth, which is really neat. Um, and it still takes, cool. it still keeps the drafting in it. You're drafting from your neighbors or, you know, you either take from this pile or this pile left or right. And you can use those and it's super streamlined. Um, you know, you get resources that's going to help you uh, build the um, uh, wonders. And then the game, it goes by really quickly and I liked it, but it just, uh, just having played all the, uh, the other editions, uh, the original game, the original game with all the different expansions and then Seven Wonders Duel, Seven Wonders Duel with the expansions. This one had uh, just for someone that's played it, uh, the, all the other games a lot. I just didn't um, it just didn't hit with me. Um, I could see this uh, a case being made for, hey, you're going to, uh, you know, do uh, play one of these games with new players and bring this one out. Honestly, I would still stick with Seven Wonders, the original, just if you don't feel like explaining the science rules then maybe go with uh, Seven Wonders Architects. But as far as uh, gameplay yeah. and uh, everything's concerned, a fine game, but not the best. Uh, it's just uh, it wasn't for me. And uh, my my buddies that played it, I played it with again, we we enjoyed it but we quickly moved on that's why it's our number five on the list seven wonders architects um yeah i haven't i haven't first? played this one because i heard okay. it was a, an easier version of seven wonders and i'm like well seven wonders is already fairly like it's a it's, yeah it's a it's kind of a gateway game it was it was a bit tricky for me to pick up yeah when i first yeah. went into the hobby it was like one of the first three or four games that i added to my collection and i was like what is yeah. the heck the deal with these science <laughs> rules <laughs> yeah. it's actually like a, a really a really valuable point of you saying that like I, oh if you don't want to worry about science i was like <laughs> back in the day i really didn't want to worry about science and like yeah. science remains it's just it's just clunky to explain to like new players and like new to the hobby yeah. players right it really um, is but uh yeah yeah seven wonders just the regular one is, is good and you, you know what's actually yeah. great about the seven wonders if you have let me uh, let me get this. Uh, I got rid of Seven Wonders, and oh. I had to get it back because uh, I, I got it back because I, I'm. It's part of the World Series of Board Gaming, and I was you know running a tournament for them and, and doing some work with it. Uh, and they also are using the Leaders expansion. But I fit all of Seven Wonders and Leaders what? into the Leaders box. No you way, really? This. Oh wow! All nine boards go in here, and this nice. honestly makes me love Seven Wonders because this is the size of box that I want it to be. That's yeah, perfect. I have all nine boards from the leaders in here, and uh -huh. I have uh, I you know what I took out? I took out some of the tokens, but you don't need that much money anyway. Yep. You know, so awesome. I made a sacrifice, and if we run out of money tokens, I'm okay with that because, yeah. and I need a little bit. I need an elastic here because there is a bit of <laughs> there is a bit of lid lift. But yeah, I'm yeah. so 
I'm very happy to have Seven Wonders on my shelf when it takes up this space on my shelf versus like the actual big box size. Like, so thrilled to have it, That's... and we'll probably get it to the table more because yeah. I can be like, yeah, I'll just slip it in, slip it in the bag, heading over. Like, it fills in that fills in that gap. So if you that have is the brilliant. leaders, or if you haven't gotten leaders. Leaders is also a good expansion for it. Very easy to implement. Amazing, um, Chris. That yeah, is brilliant. I, I wanted to show that off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, now I want to do that to my game as well. I don't yeah. have the Leaders expansion. I think you just talked into buying the Leaders expansion oh, just for the original. It. Yeah, nice. just get it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our number four. We've got Richard on board. What do you got for us, Richard? Okay, folks, let's talk about number four, Sobek. Two players. Oh, my gosh. So heartbreaking. Now... I was not pulled in by designer Bruno Cathala. I've played enough of his games to know that his designs are always brilliant, but he almost always, for no good reason at all, throws in some kind of backstabbery. And I went in expecting I wasn't going to like that. Although, I was shocked, quite frankly, because the backstabbery is definitely there, but the design is smart enough to recognize that, oh, if you're a player who does not want to stab each other in the back in what is a nice, bright, colorful uh, set collection game set in ancient Egypt, you can use the attack tokens to instead uh, go into your set collection. So I thought that was actually really nice. And so I'm thinking, hey, this is going to work for me. And what I was really excited about with this game, folks, is his co-designer, uh, Sebastian, um, oh, Sebastian Ponchon, I think. Sorry, Sebastian, I do not know how to pronounce your name. Most folks might know Sebastian as the designer of Jaipur, one of the greatest two-player couples games of all time. Uh, one of Jen's absolute favorites, and I think it's amazing too. Whenever Sebastian does something, I want to be there. And if he's going to team up with um, Bruno Cathala, yeah. Uh, uh, you know. And so I went in thinking, all right, I appreciate that the, uh, the cutthroatedness can be undercut because you can always just sell off the attack tiles rather than attacking each other. Nice. Uh, variety. A good step for Mr. Bruno Cathala. Well done. Keep it up, sir. But what I was shocked by, and I didn't realize going in, is just how incredibly luck-swingy this game is. This game has an absolutely brilliant drafting method for how you're going to get more and more tiles for your set collection. Basically, whenever one player moves a token around to grab new tiles, that determines what tiles their opponent has access to. And it's sharp and fun and brilliant. Here's the deal, though. There's two tiles types of tiles in the market. Face up commodities that you're trying to do set collection, and then face down special characters. And you won't know what those special characters are until you just go and just, you know, uh, take a stab at it and say, okay, I'll just grab that special character and let's see what I get. And here's the problem. Not all special characters are created equal. Some are significantly more powerful than others. But they are all laid out on the board face down. And that creates such an incredible luck swing in this game. If you find the queen, you're a step up above me. And I do not understand why one of two things could have happened. Hey, you know what? Make sure they're all equally powerful. Powerful. So, and that they're all pretty much useful in any circumstance. You can get royally um, done over by bad luck in this game, or your opponent can just get crazy, get the perfect tile for them, and it's just luck of the draw because they're all face down. To be surprising, I suppose. Now, what should have happened is, hey, when the board is set up, put all those characters face up too. So it becomes part of the strategy. If you have some characters that are implicitly better than others, 
and I have to make a move that could give you access to these super powerful characters? If I know I'm doing it, that puts me in a really tough pickle, in a quandary over what kind of compromises I'm willing to make. And I think the game would suddenly become fantastic. But as it is, without that, with the in our experience, my wife's in my experience, and I also played it with some folks at the uh, uh, Dice Tower West convention, too. Uh, which characters you get can really swing the game, and it's just pure luck of the draw, and it shouldn't be. And with a little tweak, I could see Sobek, uh, two players, ranking very high for me. But as it was... I was disappointed. Not for the reasons I thought. I went in expecting to not like one thing, but was surprised there. But then, something that could have been easily fixed pretty much ruined the game for me and Jen, and we ended up getting rid of it. Which is why Sobek, two-player, comes in as the uh, number four most disappointing game. Oh, it breaks my heart. Wow. Um, I... I thought Sobek was uh, a good game. I I enjoyed it, the two-player uh, game. Um, I do like Bruno yeah. Cathala. And yeah, you have your copy there. I, I, got, will, I got my copy right here. Yeah, I, I will agree that, um, you know, just not having the player powers available or like being able to see them, it does change things up a little bit. One thing I do like about it that I think was a really cool thing was just the way you refill everything. You're doing that little spiral pattern on the board. Um, Kathala took that and put it into Splendor Duel. And Splendor Duel is one of my favorite games of last oh. year, folks. I Yeah, he used the exact same mechanism in another game, and I thought it was great. So I if I had to pick between Sobek and Splendor Duel, definitely Splendor Duel. But um, I didn't think uh, this one was bad at all. So, yeah, you have your copy still, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, I haven't played Splendor Duel yet, but I've heard it. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. I I liked Sobek. I I think Sobek is like solidly good. It did exactly what what I wanted it to do in mm-hmm. that King Domino style scoring. That's what I really like about it. Yeah. Is that sort of set collection that you're doing. I'm awful at this game. I'm really bad <laughs> because I always think I'm setting up my opponent, and I'm like, haha, you can't, you yep. can't. Neither of these options work for you. Ha ha ha. And then they just. You, there's this thing where you can take anything along the line that I consistently yep. forget about, forget to like implement it to my strategy. And they're just like, oh yeah, but you've actually just put me in the perfect position to take that one thing. And all I need to do is take one negative point to do it. I was like, oh no, my plans are foiled again. Whoops. So it's just like, it's that, that sort of like large decision space that, that I find interesting and also frustrating and, and tricky. I don't find the character powers to be that on balance personally. I'm like, yeah. I, I feel like the, if you're, if you're prioritizing getting the character powers, you're not prioritizing getting the sets. And when yeah. you get a set and like actually play the set, you get those, you, those tokens on the side, which you get to look at all five of them and take mm-hmm. whichever one you want. That, that feels more powerful than a, than a character power to me. Yeah. But it's, cool. uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good game. It like, it got, yeah. it, it's, I don't know the longevity of of it in my collection, but for now, it's interesting. I like it as like a little bit more tactical King Domino. Right, so right. Th- that's where it's kind of sitting sitting for me. You know what is disappointing? The title, Sobek <laughs> Two Players. I hate saying it. Like I yeah. honestly, I I hate talking about it because I have to say Sobek. <laughs> it's not even called Sobek for Two. It's Sobek yeah. Two Players. It's just like the oh, just the most disgusting title I've ever heard. Right. Like you couldn't do Sobek Duel? Come on, folks. Come on. Yes, Sobek Duel exists so much better. 
Sobek two players? Like, what What are you doing? Who decided that? That's the biggest disappointment here. There That's it is, why folks. it should be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the spoiler list, we got three left. Uh, Chris, take it away with number three, friend. All right. Number three uh, is a game that I really, really did not end up liking. And a lot of people like it. This is one that was it had to be my number one because of how much I I dislike it and kind of actively dislike it. I really don't think there's a game here. I think there's a structure for people to make a game if they want to, uh, mm-hmm. light candles and dim the lights, and then look at spooky things that are outside of the game and not the actual game. Uh, this is the Night Cage. It's it it just. There's no game here, or, or at least not one that's interesting to me personally. It's a cooperative uh, tile laying game, but most of your tiles are going to just be roads. And so you're like, hey, what do I have this time? Oh, I got another road. Wow, I'm going to put it in front of me and step onto the tile and then have the roads behind me disappear so that uh, next time I can turn around and walk backwards. And you know what I'm going to find? Another road. You're looking for like four keys and then you're looking for mm-hmm. four exits. Oh, there's four exit like tiles, I think, in the game. Mm-hmm. And when you when you when all players you you control four people every time. So when all players have their keys, you have to all make your way to the same exit, and that's how you get out. And there's monsters in there in which you when you flip them over, they'll deal damage to you and they'll turn your light out. Uh, and if your light's out and they deal damage to you, then they take tiles off the top of the stack. And so guess what? You can take away the gates on the top of the stack. And uh oh, that's what you better be aware of. Because if you lose all your gates, then there's no way out. Or you lose all your options to get keys, then there's no way out. But it just feels it just feels so random and pointless. It mm-hmm. it, it really does. It and like I I I'd heard such great things about it, and people talk about this game so highly. And so I was like really expecting an actual game with actual interesting decisions in there. And for me, there there really weren't any and and so and then a lot and so i looked further and a lot of people are like oh but if you like candles and then you blow out your own candle when you get hit like it's really cool i'm like yeah that is really cool that's not part of the game that's just like what you've (laughs) done to make this game fun and like great that you've been able to make it fun i think that's awesome and i think people should make their games fun and that in that environment you want to get deep into the theme you want to create that environment the art is really beautiful on it like the yeah. production quality is actually really beautiful on it too really solid tiles i think it's a good price point for like the actual components that you get mm-hmm. but i i just don't think it's interesting whatsoever as a cooperative experience or as a solo experience or if this was one that I was that i was like i got to play it more times because to do my due diligence as a reviewer before I put yeah. a review out, I just, I just hate. I just didn't want to. I like yeah. actively <laughs> didn't want to, and I made myself do it. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Could I be missing something with these modules? Could I be missing something with this? I wasn't. I wasn't oh, missing wow. anything. I, you know what I was yeah. missing? I was missing the time back that I, <laughs> that I took playing it again when I knew I didn't like it. Um, um, it's it's just yeah it, it was it was a real big disappointment for me because the theme is so cool the artwork is so good yeah. like the, yeah. the all the all the things around it were cool but this is one where I I I I didn't read the rule book before I before I I got it I I got a review copy of Origins and uh, I was like yeah. yeah I've heard such great things so excited to get it it was probably number one that I was excited to play from like the the Origins hall that I brought back yeah. back yeah. and then it, and then it was just you know just such such a 
such a letdown, really. Oh, yeah. what a bummer. Our number three, The Night Cage, which is funny because I actually yeah. like this game. Uh, and for the reason, it's funny because uh, for uh, <laughs> I, it's like one of my Halloween go-tos now. And Yeah, I can but see, I realize I can absolutely after, see that. Yeah, yeah and but what I, I think I agree with you, Chris, in the fact that the, the decisions that you make weren't as interesting to me on further plays. You know, the first time I was like, okay, this is really uh, unique. We're like, we're actually taking tiles off in a tile laying game. I was like, I thought, okay, that's really different. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's really straightforward and it is very, it's more about theme than mechanisms in this game for sure. Um, Now we don't go hardcore. We don't do the whole candle lighting thing or whatnot. But I think there is that sense of when you're playing the game, if you know, you're into it, uh, when you're in the moment, it it does give you a little sense of... uh, or like almost like claustrophobia where you know you can't you can't yeah. see anything ahead of you you're trying to figure out things but ultimately in the end yeah they're it's they're not complicated decisions you're okay which way you're going to do the road how are we going to get this key back to the portal or whatever now there's a monster what are we going to do about them um so i would agree it's definitely on the lighter side of things but i think the theme for me carries the game um i'm not going to try yeah. to pretend it's like the most complex game in the world and but it is what it is. Uh, theme, yay. Mechanisms, meh. Uh, but that's our number three, the Night Cage, folks. Um, let's move on um, to. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, it is my turn. It's uh, here's another turn. disappointing game for you. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to number two. So we have the Night Cage. This is a total opposite of the Night Cage. Uh, this is an abstract game, very colorful. It's based on a classic video game. It is Tetris, the board game, and. I was super hyped about this because Michelle and I love Tetris. Tetris, I mean, Michelle plays it all the time, and we love anything with polyominoes, and we love games by Phil Walker-Harding, praise be, uh, one of our favorite designers, and unfortunately, this one, I don't know what happened in this game, to tell you the truth. It has all the cool components. I mean, literally, you are dropping in the um, little pieces into the Tetris uh, board here, but... Oh man, and you're just trying to do little um, the little uh, uh, achievements on the cards. But here's the thing, Chris. Buffalo Games, they do wonderful games. Um, in fact, I have another one by them called Planted, which I really enjoy by Phil Walker Harding. But this one, every single time we play this game, I mean, I don't know who, uh, I think it's a pro ZD, he did this video. Every time we play this game, we had problems with the components. We would drop one in, it would just stick in the middle of the board. And every single time we had Brutal. to, you know, top, uh, hit the top of it. And, oh, it was so frustrating, and it should have been a much better game than it was. And then, on top of that, after you're done, it's, like, really hard to get the pieces out of the components. So, the components really did this in, and I was so bummed about it because we really wanted Tetris. I mean, we love Tetris, and we wanted the official board game to be what we expected it to be, but it wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. The components were terrible, and I don't know if I should say terrible. They are plastic. They're, they were nice, but they just didn't work um, right at any point when we played it. We played it a grand total, I think, three times. We we enjoyed the concept of it, but after three times, it, it just we just donated it to someone um, someone else. It was such a letdown. Um, we've talked about it on this channel before. Richard and I talked about Ahael or Rael, however you want to pronounce it, from Pan- Panasaurus Games. That does a much better job of recreating Tetris than the actual Tetris sure. game did. And oh, it was such a bummer. And also for those of you who are colorblind like me, the red green this is brutal. We I could never tell anything apart. Oh, and yeah. you'll notice here on the board there are like little colors there. If you match up colors, you're going to get bonus points. I could never tell what was matched up, and neither could Michelle. Right. And oh, 
such a letdown. It was my biggest disappointment yeah. of 2021. Tetris, the board game. Never. I mean, didn't even hear about it. Uh, yeah. I like Tetris a lot. I don't think I would have liked that. That yeah, yeah. doesn't sound great. Yeah, it was it was such a letdown. It, it was like one of those things that showed up at Target for like a couple of weeks and it was just gone, um, unfortunately. But anyways, let's go on to Richard. He's got our number one most disappointing game of 2021. Take it away, Richard. Hey, everybody. Before we get to number one, uh, Ruel, I would just like to suggest you think nice, calming thoughts. Think... Think of pug puppies or something like that. So hopefully that will help you get through the number one most disappointing uh, game of 2021, which happens to be Millie Fiore from designer Reiner Knizia. Oh my gosh. First of all, let me just say a uh, shout out. Thank you to the channel Cardboard Minute. They had a very, very nice playthrough video that goes really quick. Does a very good job of showing off the game and how pretty it is. Oh, this game is so pretty. And I just watched a bit of their video to try and get a sense for, do I still feel the way I did all those years ago back in 2021? And the answer is yes, yes, I do. Because I went in full of hope with this game because it's from Reiner Knizia. His designs are always worth checking out. And it's about uh, glass artisans in the Renaissance era. So I knew my wife was going to love it. And I am so pretty with all the clear... Um, they, they're not glass. They're plastic pieces that you use to um, make mark progress on a board in a very Gonshon clever-esque way. This definitely feels like a game that you know is, borrows inspiration from the way that you get really fun combo chains and all of that. But you're not doing a roll and write. Instead, you're marking your progress and you're playing a... Um, Oh, what do you call it? A uh, card drafting game. You know, everybody picks one card, plays it, hands the rest to their neighbor, all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the core gameplay is smooth, but here's my story of woe. I played this at Board Game Geek Convention with Jason Levine, the gaming machine of the Dice Tower. And after he and I were done playing a two-player game of it, we both looked at each other and said, yeah, it's not very good, is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, and we were both really let down um, because zero work was done with this game to try to make it work well for two. No thought, it seems, at all. And this is a game so overflowing with uh, situations where players create opportunities for each other, you know, and inadvertently sometimes block each other and all that. But um, the thing is, he and I both got together again the following day and played it as a four-player game with Scott Alden, the head geek, a uh, board game geek, and a friend of Scott's. And we all agreed, wow, this game is amazing! And then that's when I got pissed off. Because I want to share this game with my wife. I want to enjoy it as a two-player game. And there's no reason that this could not have been tweaked and adjusted to be every just uh, every every bit as interesting and compelling at two as it is at four. Tighten up the board, do stuff like players control multiple, you know, two colors and use their weaker score. There's lots of ways this could be done. Some of them inspired by Kanitia himself, and yet nothing was done. And so when you play this as a two-player game, it is an arid, boring wasteland of a of a board that will never fill up and players who will never interact other than in the draft. And it didn't have to be that way. I went to Board Game Geek's forums to see if maybe the developers had actually posted somewhere, hey, here's an official two-player variant. And nope, they haven't because it's a four-player game as far as they're concerned, and they shouldn't have put two on the box. But I'll tell you, a lot of folks are coming up with all kinds of different ways. There's like a half a dozen different really good um, suggestions for how to make this game. Even Spielbox themselves, which is probably the most highly regarded board game magazine in the world, gave suggestions for how to turn it into a decent two-player game because the developers themselves could not be bothered to do the work. And yeah... 
I mean, this goes beyond frustration, beyond disappointment into frustration, into anger, because it didn't have to be this way. And I expect better these days. Um, the two-player gaming experience should not be an afterthought. This game could have been great. I mean, one of the greatest card drafting games of all time is from uh, Feld. Notre Dame is a great uh, two-player draft. This could have been. There's so many ways it could have gone. The Spielbox suggestions, I thought, sounded very good, but I want the publisher to do the work they should do, not have the audience do all the work to turn this into what it should have been if you go out and buy this game. Stay away from it as a two-player game, is all I'm saying. It should say three-player minimum on the box. And as it is, I gotta say, folks, I'm a little disappointed. It's certainly my number one biggest disappointment of 2021. Millifiori. Oh, right here in my heart. I love, love, love Kinesi games. I have not played Millifiori. It's actually here on my, uh, my shelf, folks. You can see I've got it ready to play. I went through the rule book. I've watched a couple of videos. It looks like my jam, but at the same time, I've heard those same complaints about the two-player um, yeah. uh, variant or two-player game. It's not supposed to be any good, and that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, but again, Kenitius, he's got like seven hundred thousand games. Like he's not gonna. It's not gonna be a big hit every single one. There's a bunch of duds in his repertoire <laughs> too. But I'm still gonna play it. Uh, Chris, have you played this one? I know we're both Kenitius fans. No. Yeah, we are, but I haven't played this one either. No. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I mean, just, just play it a four then, Roel. Don't play <laughs> that, it a two. That's exactly. It. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Uh, folks, thanks again for hanging out with us today. This has been the top 15 most disappointing games of 2021. We want to know what you were disappointed by in 2021. Drop them mm-hmm. in the comments below. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. And uh, be sure to check out Perk Coffee. Use that Rotto code for 15% off your next order. And until next time, so long, see you, and bye-bye. And hello. Folks, we're running a little long. Um, we're going to save Richard's, um, the other games he had for a disappointing list. Um, we're going to save that for next time. Um, but we are running a little late, and uh, I need to jump in a car and drive an hour away because I'm going to be live again in a couple of hours with the Brothers Murph, folks. So if, you wanna, if you're not sick of me by now, go check out the Brothers Murph here on Twitch <laughs> in a couple of hours, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, and uh, you'll be able, we're going to play some games uh, with uh, Nick and Mike Murphy. Um, Chris, before we get out of here, uh, any final thoughts, my friend? No, I think uh, I think with with these sorts of lists too, and you know, you're in the extended edition. We can we can be friends here. I'm the nicest guy in board gaming. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I don't know. I I just think I think that like I think it's really interesting that that just because you know we talk negatively about them doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a great experience with them. I saw some comments like it. it, yeah. it what what I what 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 sometimes breaks my heart about these sorts of lists is like people in the comments saying, "Hey, oh shoot, I have that game." Like I think you should still play it. You should oh, still yeah. play it. You should you should decide for yourself. Like don't don't ever take a list like this where someone's like, ah, what well, didn't hit with me. Like you can you can manage your expectations, but I think if like, especially if you own it, play it. You you, you there was yeah. something about it that made you excited. And so like that's what I want to leave off with is that that like this is not gospel for sure just our opinions and hopefully we were able to communicate the reasons behind those opinions effectively but yeah. just i don't ever want to like make people not excited to with the thing that they used to be excited about i think you should still be excited about that thing and i hope you have a fantastic time and really like i'm i'm an idiot 
So you're you'll probably like it. That's all I'm saying. That's I, anyway. That's what I want to. That's what I leave off on. Well said, Chris. I, I folks listen to Chris. Say he is a, a very smart human being. And again, that is so true, right? These are our opinions. That doesn't mean it. It's you know gospel. And like you know, we may have bad experience with certain games. You may have bad experience with certain games. And you know, we did the pre-show earlier. We're talking about you know um, Chris and Linnaeus. They have totally different, you know, tastes in games, yeah. but they both love cats. So they're good people, you know? So <laughs> remember that folks, you know, some game that may not be for you, maybe for someone else. And that's what we want to leave you here with. Uh, we are going to uh, raid someone. Uh, let's uh, continue the party folks. Uh, let's go raid. Let's see who is playing, who are playing board games. It looks like the losers are playing board games. Stick around for the raid because you do get uh, extra channel points folks. And uh, you can use those channel points for all kinds of great stuff here. And let me get the losers up on screen. We'll raid, and then we'll send uh, Chris on his merry way and me in a car to uh, drive an hour, probably two hours, depending on uh, traffic in L.A. Uh, but I will be getting out there, and you'll see me at 6 p.m. Pacific, live on the Brothers Murph channel. We're playing games, and uh, we're going to have a good time. So the raid is starting in 3, 2, 1. Thank you, friends. Take care. Thank you, Chris. And so long, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. Raid, 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 raid. Uh, let's see if it rated. Um, I think, I hope it did. And then we'll go off the air in just a second. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. And it has rated. I am 